Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to The Destiny Show Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. Live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and I want to welcome you to episode 32. Tonight on the Destiny Show podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, we welcome two awesome content creators. In the world of Destiny, we welcome Nico, a Twitch streamer and writer for Next Gen Base, and we welcome Arcane Ulfer, who is a Army veteran huge destiny fan and up and coming streamer on mixer he's also a pretty big fan of the show and we are so excited to hang out with him tonight and put these awesome content creators uh, on the hot seat for our discussion with the guardians we're also gonna talk much more about uh, the upcoming shadow keep content we're gonna talk more about the director's cut part three by Luke Smith, and we're going to talk about cross save and dive into this week's this week at Bungie. And let's get started right now. So first up, I want to welcome Shadow Price, my co-host. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Um, just excited about all the Destiny Shadow Keep stuff we've been getting out of Gamescom, and all the content and all the, the trailers and everything that I've been seeing, and now. Like we said earlier, I'm shopping for a 1440p, uh, 144 hertz monitor, and uh, you guys are going to get to decide my fate, and hopefully I'll, you'll, I'll be choosing the right one, so stay tuned. The Guardians will make Shadow Price's fate with his new monitor that he will be picking out on the show tonight, and we're going to do that in just a little bit. But before we do, I do want to let you guys know that you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and the list goes on. You can also find us on Twitter. Also, you can find us on our website at destinyshow.com where you can find all of our latest show notes for every episode and of course you can find us live every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific on twitch.tv forward slash the destiny show and let's begin by welcoming our guests on the show um arcane welcome to the show and uh, nico welcome to the show as well it's so great to have you guys on Thank you very much. Glad to be here. For we're gonna put you guys on the hot seat for our discussion with the guardians. So I hope you guys are ready. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Excited. All right. Let's let's begin. So guardians, um, first up, 
how did you guys get into Destiny? How did your story begin when you first started playing the game? Um, my well, you know, it's, it's, it's a good question because I actually have a, a little bit of a funny story with this where I got a copy of Destiny with my PlayStation when I bought it, and this was at a time where I, I wasn't really playing co op games. I played it for about 10 minutes and I said, Nah, not for me. Tried the game away, traded it in, <laughs> didn't think about it again. Uh, and then when the Taken King came out, uh, a couple of close friends of mine got it and said, you know, you should get it. We should play together. Um, and I was like, no, I've already played it. Don't really want to touch it again. They said, come on, it'd be more fun if we play as a team. Never have truer words been spoken. I mean, Destiny is always the most fun when you're playing in a fire team. And since that moment in uh, in The Taken King, I have been completely hooked. It's It has replaced all the other games that I used to play. Uh, and it's just taken up all of my time. That's, yeah. I mean, it's funny the stories that we get all the time when we ask people how they get started playing Destiny. Yours is very interesting, the fact that you returned it after playing it like the first day. And it's just like, nope, not for me. <laughs> and then you came back during the Taken King and everything. I mean, it was a very different game in year one of Destiny 1. Like, yeah. very, very different. The Taken King completely saved it from from, you know, itself, really. Um, and there was some incredible content in The Taken King that completely hooked me. Yeah, it added a very interesting narrative between uh, Cade and and Eris and everything. So they they kind of held the story up pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I think The Taken King was a very critical time for the Destiny franchise. And it almost feels like we had a number of critical times for the game between yep. the Taken King and Forsaken and now with what we get with Shadowkeep that's going to be a really big uh, pivotal moment for the franchise and where it will be heading in the future definitely so now Nico what is it about the second expansion the Taken King that brought you back what was it about it that made you jump back in i think the main thing was that i had fire team to play with um when i when i tried it first i played completely solo um i i wasn't really into f um like first person shooters so much i i played a lot of sports games a lot of like linear um story based games like i never really or something like yeah, that exactly exactly like that i never really dipped my toe into mmos or you know i played a few rpgs every now and again but you know, Destiny was like a mix of all the types of games that I didn't really play. Um, so playing by myself, I kind of didn't really have the patience. But playing with people, you know, my friends had had convinced me to get it. Playing with sounds them, like you it, had the time, though. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have the yeah. patience, but you had the time. I had the time, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was that. And then also, I mean, the Taken King was just like I said earlier; it was just a brilliant brilliant expansion so many quality of life changes came in um there was some really really cool stuff the king's fall raid was incredible it's still to date my favorite raid in destiny um yeah some awesome weapons and i think i think the more time i spent playing the more i bought into the lore and the stories and and all of that kind of stuff so i think you know the taken king like you said was a critical time for destiny and 
and it brought in a lot of new players and and saved a lot of you know returning players who who had started with destiny one in year one and kind of fell off because it wasn't really doing what people thought it was going to be doing yeah i mean because there was a good payoff like in that expansion you know you you got to fight the big bad orcs and everything you know and Mm. you fought them in the story and then you fought them in the raid and that was that was pretty awesome and they had the whole taken war like after you beat the main campaign and that was huge there was so many story missions after for the taken war and everything so that was yeah, yeah that was really good really good expansion I remember waiting around for ages in the patrol areas, waiting for the Taken to spawn. I know. Like, oh, my God, the champions. The yeah, the Taken yeah. champions. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Arcane? How did you get started playing Destiny? I actually didn't get fully started until uh, D2 came out. Um, <laughs> during uh, Destiny 1, my son hounded me for ever and ever to play it, and I was still hooked on uh, the Division at that point. That I just refused to play Destiny, and then uh, <laughs> picked up Destiny Two about a week after it came out, and the rest is history. I was hooked from like day one. Now you played Halo. You were I'm oh, oh yes. sure you played Halo, oh, so oh, yeah. <laughs> you knew Bungie could make a good shooter and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Halo pretty much was like the standard back in you know in the two thousands and everything. You know that like that was the the prototypical arena shooter yep. was Halo. Um, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, the division kind of broke my heart. I'm going to, you know, because uh, <laughs> I watched that E3 demo from 2013 and everything. And the game looked amazing in that demo, what they showed at E3. But when the game came out, something was off. It didn't it didn't have that like it didn't look like the greatest i'm just like oh, yeah. what, what happened to this game it was supposed it looked so much better at like e3 conference like it always what? does yeah always <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was about it yeah i think the problem with uh the division crew is that they kind of over delivered and they weren't i'm sorry they over promised but under delivered and yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is kind of the common thing with a lot of games today. And uh, two games that come to mind are No Man's Sky, that when it first came out, they greatly overpromised the game. And the other one, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. That yeah. was extremely. Hyped he had up, killed that because of the stupid but microtransactions. The monetization killed it. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a big thing that killed it. But also, I think for like Star Wars fans, they have very high expectations for the games that they buy. And there was a lot of marketing behind it that um, was hyping up the game to be a lot more than what it ended up being. But the interesting thing about both games is that they continued to add and update to make the game better and to make it into an experience that more people can enjoy and live up to the promise that they made from the beginning. I'm hearing amazing things about No Man's Sky now. And they just came out with a uh, VR update as well. Yes. That game's got to be really cool in VR, I imagine. Like, you feel like you're walking around on these, like, surfaces of these planets and everything. You know, it's got to be really cool. I know, definitely. So now, 
I want to uh, ask, what do you guys think about the current state of Destiny 2 for Nico and Arcane? Arcane, you go first this time. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a double-sided coin right now with how it is, because, I mean, there's so many good things going on. And, you know, everything leading up to Shadowkeep right now, the, all the quality of life updates they've had. But at the same time, I mean, I think we've talked about this on Twitter, just how toxic the community can be. And I feel like that kills part of the game, if that makes any sense. Because um, the Destiny community is probably one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. And, uh, but yeah. there's always those ones, and they, they, I think they've been hurting mm-hmm. to save the game because it feels like no matter what Bunchy does, there's someone that wants to pick it apart and, you know, throw trash at them and everything else. Um, but yeah. as far as like the gameplay right now, I think it's the best it's ever been ever since Forsaken's dropped. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you're not going to please everybody. You know, I've learned that more and more, like, as I've played this game, like there are some things I wanted, you know, like I'm glad they're adding difficulty settings now into shadow keep. I'm not sure if it's across the whole game or if it's just for a few activities, but it's a start, you know, where they're, you know, adding it. And it's, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just like people, they just, they don't understand game development sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's not you just snap your fingers and it's done. You know, there's so much more that goes into it, especially a game like Destiny when you have the architecture in the, that you do in this in the game and you know, there's just there's so many systems at work in the game. You know, it's it's like it, it takes time to implement some of these things. Yeah, I think that the majority of the gaming community don't fully understand how a video game development cycle works. I think there's that aspect of it. I also think that, interestingly enough, um, a lot of video games, especially like Anthem, for example, they let players down in a big way. And I think that game publishers, especially in their efforts to scramble and figure out how to monetize on their content with the extra cost and development that they have to essentially take on. They lost sight of the importance of consumer faith and consumer loyalty and the importance of keeping your customers happy rather than creating friction between consumers and nickel and diming them for every little penny and Mm. i think that the video game industry does have responsibility to create content that is worth the 60 dollar cost if they are to charge 60 dollars for the game or whatever it may be so i think there's two sides here and it's it's kind of a gray area if you really think about it right it's not really white and black i think that as a publisher and as a developer you have to make money but at the same time you have to produce content that is keeping players happy and not feeling like they wasted their time and money yeah absolutely yeah gaming is supposed to be about fun and everything right i mean exactly games to have fun to escape the real world sometimes to just you know get immersed into into your game 
because you 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 want to you want to enjoy that. That's something you enjoy doing. You know, it's, yeah, sometimes I feel like some yeah publishers lose sight of that and everything. You know, whereas more the developers are like they they want to create experiences like that. Sometimes it's the higher ups and the and the publishers that you know like the upper management that don't completely understand the people. They're all about that almighty dollar. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I, I think that the economy of scale will balance itself out and publishers will have to change and adapt to the trends that are changing. Right. That's why we're seeing yeah. even companies like GameStop undergo many changes and transformations because they weren't necessarily serving the consumers in the best way and yeah, now they're like, oh, almost game. being yeah. forced to change i mean game informer which is owned by gamestop had yeah. to lay off over a hundred employees you know and i don't fully agree with that i think that they probably are better served to sell game informer to someone else who can undertake that responsibility because they're a great publication and it's sad to see them almost like crumble while GameStop is also not doing that well. One guy was at Gamescom, like one of the one of the people that worked for Game Informer was at Gamescom when they he got that info. Like that's horrible. Like Yeah, that's rough. You're out there doing your job and you basically are let go, you know, while you're doing your job. So yeah. yeah, that let's hope these people fall back on you know get on their feet and everything, and are able to land some good jobs in the industry going forward. Yeah, definitely. So now, Nico, how did you get started with writing and uh, creating content in Destiny? So I actually got started quite a while ago, um, not specifically on Destiny, but more so in sort of general gaming. Um, I've been writing for um, sort of next-gen base, which we sort of inside refer to as NGB. Uh, I've been writing for them since about 2012, I think. So it's about seven years now. Um, general, so sort of, you know, doing general uh, reviews, previews for games. Um, a lot of stuff based around uh, the game Pro Evolution Soccer. Um, we had sort of a very dedicated unit towards that. Uh, and then as my sort of my own passion for Destiny grew, I sort of took it upon myself to just start creating more Destiny content. Um, articles every now and again, you know, opinion pieces, um, videos now and again. We, we, we did a series of videos in the build up to Destiny 2 detailing all the changes between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, um, and just sort of building on that. Uh, and then recently, in the last few months, we've, as a site, because um, there's about eight or nine of us, we've taken on to start streaming on Twitch. Um, you know, we have sort of people who are dedicated to stream League of Legends. Some people will stream FIFA. Some people will stream, um, someone streamed tonight, Farming Simulator. You know, all sorts of different kind of crazy games, and and uh, I generally will will be streaming Destiny, uh, as uh, as my game of choice because you know I I I feel like it's a it's a fun thing to do. I'm going to be playing the game regardless, 
So why not stick a camera on me? Uh, you know, interact to people who who, who feel like they want to they want to watch and and have some fun. Yeah, I heard there's like a farming simulator cup or something that's going to be yes, happening. Yes, I saw that at Gamescom. Which is just <laughs> insane. I mean, I, I I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm really ex- I'm I'm almost incredibly excited to see how it that'd be up. funny just to check out just for the the laughs and yeah everything. exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny that's awesome and now arcane how did you get started as a content creator uh i uh, just kind of kind of like same thing nico said i was playing destiny all the time um, I actually started out on Twitch, and that didn't go so well. So I just finally moved over to Mixer to where I could, um, you know, use a webcam and use overlays without needing the OBS and the uh, PC and everything. Um, but yeah, it's basically I just I was playing the game all the time. I threw a camera on and threw a stream on and went with it. That's really awesome. And how long have you been uh, streaming for? Uh, on and off for about a year. I had to take a break. Um, my son' health fluctuates. Uh, his health got bad for a little bit, so we had to take a break from doing anything. And then I think I restarted about a month ago, maybe, and slowly getting my schedule worked back out with going back to work and everything full time. I'm sorry to hear that. Hope you know. Hopefully, everything's okay with your son. Oh, it's it's a thousand times better than it was a couple of years ago. So we're uh, that's good. That's good. To him forward. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say? We're gonna we're gonna talk about something a little bit different than Destiny for just a minute. Everybody loves food. Do you guys have favorite food for both of you guys? Yeah, I I'm a I'm a big food guy. <laughs> um. I think I'm I'm probably going through a bit of a phase at the moment with like buffalo wings, um, <laughs> and any kind of like hot sauce. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably go with buffalo wings for that one. You need to talk to Siva then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, Arcane? Um, pasta for me, even though it is uh, horrible and I shouldn't eat it. Uh, uh, still delicious. <laughs> It is very delicious. Yeah, both good choices. Definitely good choices, for sure. Do you have a favorite uh, pasta dish? Uh, fettuccine Alfredo with chicken. Ooh, yes, that's so good with chicken, right? Yes. <laughs> Can't do it without chicken. It's it's not right then. Gotta have the chicken. <laughs> what about what about you, Shadow Price? What's, what's your favorite food? I kind of think I know what it is, but I'm gonna ask anyways. I mean. This is your fault, but I'm like always craving sushi. Like it just seems like always want sushi. You know, it's anytime I get a chance to get some spicy tuna rolls or shrimp tempura rolls, I'm like all over that. Or like some, um, you know, I love uh, pho, like Vietnamese pho. Oh yeah, I love that place. So I'm always getting what that, is that too. What's that? Uh, Vietnamese noodles. Yeah. Um, okay. And. Uh, they have these really, really tender beef medallions that I get. I just oh, so good, delicious. So that that's my that's my uh, guilty pleasures right now. By you, um, sushi. 
Um, I've <laughs> ever since I got into sushi, I just love it. It's the best. Like I, I enjoyed seafood to an extent before that, but then there's something unique and different about the flavors in sushi. And it's one of those foods that you can consume without making a huge mess. So you mm. can eat it universally anywhere, right? Yeah, you can't do that with buffalo wings. <laughs> yeah, oh man. But dude, I, love, <laughs> I love buffalo wings. And dude, um, we actually had this place uh, nearby. They shut down since then, but they had like the hottest buffalo wings. And oh man, let me tell you, I, I told them, you know, give me the hottest wings you can. I was overly confident. I thought I can do it. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. I had one of those wings. I, I got six of them. I ate two, and my mouth was on fire, like, the next oh, day. Man. It was so bad. Yeah, I've had yeah. wings like that before, too. Like, you know, the hottest wings, and then you could eat, like, just one or two, and then it's like, oh, my God. How done. is this this freaking hot? I mean, how does anybody eat this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I tried to avoid having anything like I, I love the spice but i know that i can't eat, eat anything after i've had something that's that spicy so i try and like just avoid it for, for the regular occasions and if i'm gonna do it do it on like a special occasion where i know okay i'd eat the rest of my food first and have that last you've got to like plan it out very carefully yeah <laughs> definitely you're, you're gonna yeah no absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things it's so good but uh you gotta be careful Maybe a few beverages yeah <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> maybe some milk yeah <laughs> kind of helps right or some yeah, like or some alcohol yeah. just you know so kill the kill the snub <laughs> oh i like where your head's at i like i like how shadow praise is thinking right now that's good we're gonna have a really fun podcast now just add a little alcohol to the mix it's okay <laughs> It's all good. Oh yeah, and hibachi, like hibachi at the place we have oh, here. Hibachi. Oh my god. Hibachi is pretty Amazing. good. Amazing. With yes. some sake. Yeah, give me the sake too. <laughs> they they put a uh, carry out place for hibachi like three blocks from my house. It was the best and worst decision ever. <laughs> <laughs> you always want it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's terrible, but I love it. Okay, so mm -hmm. I have an impromptu question. This was not planned. What is your guilty pleasure? Oh, Nico. Oh, that's a that's a question. Um, right? I I guess. Oh, this I'm like it's latest this. I've I've just well, I say just over the last month, I've been rewatching Glee on Netflix. And I guess I I've, I've always got a lot of shit for watching Glee. You guys remember mm -hmm. that show? I, I, I remember it. I mean, I heard of it. I never watched it, but I yeah, I think I've heard of it, but I I haven't watched it either. Yeah, it's basically just teenagers singing all the time about everything, <laughs> and I and I'm not gonna lie, I fucking love it. <laughs> I, I watch Grey's Anatomy with my wife and love it. So no shade for me. So. <laughs> nice. I I used to watch that show too, way back in the day. Um. Yeah, mine was uh, the OC when it was on. I I used to watch the, watch the, the OC religiously. Yeah, I've seen that in years. Yeah, but they I they mean, have a way of just being like addictive. 
Yeah. And they don't have much substance to them, but they're still they're just addictive, and you need to see what happens next. Yeah, plus Misha Barton, you know, at that time yeah. was, you know, oh, man. <laughs> pretty, yes. pretty, pretty fire. <laughs> that was so long ago. Oh, man, that's so cool. She has. What about you, Corn? I have, I have two things. Okay, from an early childhood, there are these chocolates called Ferrero Rocher. They're oh, so fucking good. They're like with hazelnut yes, and oh, they're so amazing. And I remember as a kid, like literally eating entire boxes of them. And I would like put the wrapping back together so it looked like something was there, but <laughs> it was actually empty. Oh, man. <laughs> so... um I gave the illusion that it was full, and then like uh, I, I got in trouble a couple of times for it, but uh, it was totally worth it. At the same time, I would literally eat a big box in like one sitting. No joke. I'm surprised I don't have diabetes by now. And every time I buy them, it's like, especially around Christmas time, because I intend on giving them away as Christmas gifts. Never happens. Never yeah, no fucking happens. Because if I have a box in the house. I'm still a kid. I'm going to find it and I'm just going to break it up. That's one. I have another guilty pleasure that came up, I would say, in the last couple of years. And that's the Nintendo Switch. And like, I play a ton of Destiny, but I always have that Switch that I want to play. And sometimes, honestly, I'm sitting there trying to get a group together to play a raid and I'm just on my Switch playing because I love it so much. And it keeps getting better with new games that just keep coming out of such awesome quality. So that's uh, my, those are my two guilty pleasures for me. Nice. There's a new demo for Dragon Quest XI uh, on the Switch right now. It just came out last night and everything. So. Yeah, and actually, speaking of the Switch, you can pick up some games right now that are on a really awesome sale. Bastion is one of them. And, $2.99. Yeah, Bastion yeah, is $2.99 for Bastion. and. Uh, I want to say Transporter is the other Transistor. game. Transistor. Transistor, excuse me. Yep. They're both super giant games. Yep. And uh, both excellent games. And uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch, go check them out. You can get them for a really awesome price. Um, yeah, there's a Capcom guys... sale going on right now. Yeah, Capcom, too, yep. I think as well. Resident Evil games are on sale. Devil May Cry, I believe, is $14.99 oh, nice. on there. Oh, wow. Um the Capcom beat em up bundle is only eleven ninety nine. There's some really good games on the Capcom beat em up bundle. Uh, lots of Super Nintendo games I played back in the day. So, so when my wife looks at the bank account later, I'll tell her to come get the show. That's good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Nico and Arcane, do you guys have a Nintendo Switch? Uh, I do. You do? I, I oh, nice, dude. Oh. <laughs> How do you like it? I like it. Uh, I play a lot of Zelda and uh, Pokemon. Oh my god, we're we're gonna be good friends. <laughs> let me tell you, because that's literally what I've been doing with my life. Uh, it's uh, my my oldest daughter is obsessed with Pokemon as well. So at one point we had two switches until they uh they misplaced one. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so um. But her and I were playing a uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee together for a, a while. Nice. That's and, awesome. uh, Dude, I put in a hundred hours into that game. 
I still and can't believe I, you did that. I actually <laughs> just I actually uh, just got a new switch. I upgraded to the new model that came out and uh, GameStop is offering this awesome deal. Same. You trade in your console, they give you 225 in credit and then for every game that I traded in, I got an extra 5 bucks in credit. So literally I walked out of the store paying $1.07. Oh nice. wow. For a new switch. So I'm beyond happy. But I was kind of nervous because i had a slight dilemma pokemon content does not transfer in the cloud i don't understand no. why they wouldn't allow it to transfer in the cloud but they don't yeah. so you have to do a system the system transfer manually now oh, i no. went to the GameStop without thinking i should probably bring the game with me to make sure all of the save files didn't get lost <laughs> so i said fuck it i'm already here we're gonna do the trade we're gonna make this happen and I came home, fingers crossed, booted everything up, and everything was there. And I was so relieved because I actually put in 100 hours into Pokemon. I have every single Pokemon in the game, including Mew. Thank you, Shadow Price, for that. Uh, <laughs> he actually got no me a Pokeball Plus as a birthday present. And nice. um, it came with a little surprise, a Mew character that was in the packaging. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. And... Um, that's actually the reason why I was so behind the week of uh, Black Armory. When Black Armory Raid came out, I was so not prepared for it because I literally spent two weeks playing nothing but Pokemon. That 100 hours, it was within that two-week period. It was insane. It was like a second job. I but, cannot uh, blame I had you because uh, Pikachu was fantastic. Yes. Was such a good game. That's, that's the only reason I had the Switch. And when I completed that and I caught all the Pokemon that I could, I was like, okay, well, I'm not really using my Switch anymore, so I sold it. Now with oh, uh, Sword no. and Shield coming out, I think I'm going to buy the Switch Lite. Yeah, only $1.99 for the Switch yeah. Lite. Yeah, they have a Pokemon edition that uh, is coming out as well. Yeah, a week yeah, before the I, game. I that would be the one that I get. Yeah, November 8th. Very, very See, excited That's for that. the one I would get too, but I have a problem with spending that money on a Switch Lite. 95% of my gameplay is in front of a TV. Uh, yeah, then it's not. Then there's no point. Yeah, because yeah. you can't play Switch Lite in any other way but portable. So that was kind of a deal breaker for me. And like, I, I get the value proposition in a switch light and i understand that it's a cheaper alternative it's made for people who are on the go but i i like the og switch yeah i think i i commute to work it probably takes me about an hour to get to my work every day and an hour to get home the switch light is something for something like that is perfect for me but yeah if you're if you're someone who's, who plays it mainly at home then there's no point which uh, which one are you planning on getting? Which uh, which color? I'm quite subtle. So what were the colors in? It was like they have the gray, the turquoise, and the yellow. Yeah, it'll probably be the gray. I can see it being the gray. I I just kind of like like my you know I have a black PS4. My PC casing is black. Like everything's very like subtle and min minimal. So yeah. probably the gray. I mean, I, I do like the other colors. They are very nice, but they'll compared to the rest of my stuff, they'll just pop out like crazy. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, I I think I'm going to be waiting for a Switch Pro before I I upgrade my Switch again. Um but uh yep. I've been I've been enjoying a lot of Zelda too. I'm trying to beat Zelda. I beat the second Divine Beast. I'm on my way to the third one, but uh I've been farming resources because I kind of fucked up. I was doing this quest and I was trying to follow what the screen was showing me to do, and I bought a house which cost three thousand rupees. Oh no! I didn't realize that three thousand rupees is a lot, and you shouldn't be doing that so early on in the game. Economy, so economy. My currency, <laughs> and then I was just broke <laughs> as a joke. I couldn't buy any arrows to fight anything. Everything kept attacking me. My my stuff kept breaking. It was uh, shit. Couldn't because it would rain all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I'm literally sometimes I'm playing Zelda and I have to take a thirty minute break because it's raining in the game. Like I kid you not. That's like that's when I take breaks. I literally go walk the dog, get a drink, go shower, whatever it is, and go then make I a sandwich. go make a sandwich, and then I grind out some more Zelda trying to climb this tower only to realize that the enemies on that tower are op and they kick my ass and then back to square one and that's how the game goes for me but uh i i love that game it's such a magical game and uh yeah just wait there for that sequel i think that's coming next year i cannot wait Mm, that would be awesome Mm -hmm. that's that's a day one purchase for me but man uh yeah but uh, let's, I guess, go back. Welcome to the Switch Nation podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Switch Nation podcast, everyone. We're going to be talking about Nintendo. Um, how cool would it be if we got Destiny on the Switch? I mean, oh, that I would mean, be... That'd be amazing. Completely that's awesome. that's, that's yeah, the yeah. dream. That's the dream right there, yeah. being able to, you know, take a dump while you're uh, doing a raid. Yeah. You well, I didn't think about that, but I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah instant buy from me as well yeah absolutely absolutely. and for our chat by the way if you have any questions for our guest make sure to ask in chat and we will ask your questions live on the show and uh let's let's get back to some destiny right Uh, let's talk about a little bit more destiny so going back to shadow keep and the new raid the Garden of Salvation for Arcane and for Nico. How will you guys be getting ready for this new content for the new raid that we'll be playing? Uh, well, for me, I've already taken October first and second off just to grind. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, my wife actually—I've moved from playing on our TV to a like a games the games vanguard portable systems oh, cool. so my, my game time has went up by like a thousand percent now because i'm not feeling bad playing while my wife's sitting here you know wanting to watch tv <sighs> so it's gonna be grinding of all hours see i don't necessarily have that issue i play on my computer and I have dual monitors. And actually, speaking of computers and dual monitors, Shadow Price has a little dilemma because Shadow Price 
is looking for a new monitor. He is going to be upgrading finally to a 1440p monitor, and he has a couple of options that we are thinking about getting. Well, he's going to be getting. I'm not getting his monitor for him. So, Shadow Price, do you want to share the monitors that you are trying to pick out between? Yeah, right now I'm looking at a, uh, am, uh, what is this, a Samsung 27-inch. Uh, it's 144 hertz, uh, 1440p uh, FreeSync monitor. And that's like $349.99. And I'm also looking at this AOC. It's also got the same specs, but it's also got HDR 400. And it's uh, one millisecond lag or one millisecond response time. And it's only $279.99. And it's got a lot of display, it's got a lot of ports on it. It's got a lot of display ports and HDMI inputs and things like that. So and that's a really good price, $279.99. I can't find too many under under three hundred dollars. So So that those are the two that I'm looking at right now. What's everybody think about that? So AOC, I'm not, I don't know the brand too much smaller, but I've never had any experience with the as a brand. Uh, what was the other brand that you were talking about? Sam, Samsung. Okay, Samsung, I have a, I would say love-hate relationship with Samsung, but I really don't love Samsung. I really miss <laughs> my iPhone that I actually got an iPhone again. So I will be switching from a Samsung to an iPhone. Uh, but, uh, and I also have a TV that's a Samsung and actually my monitor is a Samsung. The picture quality is great, but it's having flickering issues that are going to have to get like addressed at some point, but I've been procrastinating because it flickers, then it works fine. And then I, Every time I turn off the monitor and turn it back on, it starts flickering again. So if I leave the monitor on, it's fine. And, you know, not having the ability to play my Destiny in high frame rates, that's uh, no no bueno. So, And that's, that's, what, that's been... the thing for me. I, I want to I wanna get the 144 hertz, 1440p, like... FreeSync. Those. That's that's what I'm kind of looking for. Uh, let's see. Last night said I use an AOC and it's really good quality, and they're built to last. Oh, there you go. He also says that the AOC would say AOC due to the HDR and cheaper. Okay. Thanks for the input, last night. I will. I will definitely keep that in yeah. mind when making my decision. He's from my clan, and he generally knows what he's talking about. All right. Okay. So we we actually have a question from Lazanite and regarding this whole clan thing. <laughs> uh we have a question from him. <clears throat> Ask Nico about his clan? Yes. Ask Nico about his clan. I, I think he just wants a shout out. <laughs> I I think that's all it is. <laughs> so you have so you have a clan, Nico, right? Yeah. Okay. What what's it what's it called? It's called uh, Ruby Vigor. It's not a clan that I created. Um, I had to to leave my original clan because everyone stopped playing, <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, this this clan, um, Lazanite's the co-founder. Um, but yeah, called Ruby Vigor. 
uh, really good group of, of guys and, and girls. That's a similar story. We had to leave our clan because everybody stopped playing. Ain't that right, Corn? Yeah, we've we've had to leave a few clans. We we have some stories we can tell about clans. <laughs> uh, it's been a interesting adventure. So before the Destiny Show was even a podcast, we had a clan called the Destiny Show. We had about five or six members. It it wasn't really anything to brag home about. Uh, then we joined. What was the other clan that we joined? What was the what was it called? I. The Sh- the, our buddy's clan, um, Swirly's clan. Oh, the, um, oh, what are they? The cheese? Something with the cheeses? I don't know. Some weird fucking name. I don't even know, but they had like four <laughs> members. We went from like bad to worse. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we got the game on PC and somehow... I ended up in the IGN clan. I still don't really understand how, but I played the game a lot and they needed new members. And that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. And on top of that, I watched Fireteam chat for the longest time. And by the longest yeah. time, I mean like from the very beginning, we've been watching the Fireteam chat. And that kind of inspired me to want a podcast too, right? Because. I watched what they were doing and I thought it was really cool. And me and Shadow Price talked about Destiny like religiously, nonstop. Every day we talked about Destiny. So it just made sense to still do every day. We can't escape a conversation uh, about Destiny. (laughs) We we can't. We can't. Every day there's something new to talk about with Destiny. But it's because, you know, that's our hobby. And part of it is the fact that, you know, we played the game together we started playing video games together since halo reach he got me into the halo franchise and then we actually used to be roommates but then he moved out about a couple hours away um so we really didn't see each other as often but we still were able to play destiny together and that kind of became our our home our hobby it's it's a place that's familiar and a game that we played the most cer- certainly more than any other game that i've ever played in my life like i'm talking about seven eight thousand hours by now in the destiny franchise it sometimes makes me think about it and kind of makes me wonder okay <laughs> should, should i use that time doing other things maybe but um that's a whole other topic that I'm not <laughs> right Time wasted on Destiny. (laughs) Time wasted on Destiny. I I would love to have the creators of Time Wasted on Destiny on the show uh, to to get an idea of what the hell they were thinking. Because, you know, this is making me really think twice about my my gameplay. But um, it's a fun website to get a chance to track how much time you've spent playing Destiny across all of your accounts and characters. That's what's so interesting. It's interesting to see how many sites have came out of Destiny. Like how many sites have birthed from Destiny. You know, so it's there's so many podcasts even out there in Destiny now. Like I I think more than any other game that I can think of, there are over a dozen Destiny podcasts. And it goes to show how passionate the Destiny community is about the game and yeah yeah my name is Mike doing the lore and yeah, games. 
you know, yeah, they're, they're, that, they're and, really and life. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see so many content creators and just the destiny community come together in such a cool way. And I, I think that's what makes the destiny game so special for me. Um, I think there's for everything that destiny does wrong. I think there's so much that they do, right. That just makes it such an awesome yeah. and special game for me. Completely agree. So now, Arcane and Nico, what do you what do you guys enjoy doing outside of Destiny? What do you guys do in real life? Um, what do I do? <laughs> uh, aside from Destiny, I I play football. I guess to you guys, I should be calling it soccer because I I'm from the UK. So, but no. yeah, I play I play a lot of uh, of a lot of football. Um, uh, I guess I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend. <laughs> Which is always nice. I'm sure she'd 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 like me to say that. Uh, That's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and you know, just sort of usual things. I think you know, go out see friends, um, go out for food, that kind of stuff. I honestly, if I'm not if I'm not doing any of those things, I'm playing I'm playing Destiny. <laughs> Does your girlfriend like Destiny? No, not at all. She hates it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she calls it the other woman. Oh, oh no! Oh, man. <laughs> oh boy! Well, I mean, Destiny is a very grindy and time-consuming game, so I can somewhat yeah. understand. Uh, I warned. Uh, I, so I, I've been playing Destiny longer than I've, I've been with her, so I warned her before. Or as when we met, I said, you know, there's this, there's this thing that I do. Yeah, she like, she demands a lot of me. <laughs> I <tell> yeah. You. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, she she puts up with it. It's not uh, not it's not breakup time yet. She she she's alright to deal with it for a while. Well, that's good. It's it's good to find that balance and that middle ground where you guys can just you know compromise. You know, like yeah. you can allow her to do her, and she allows you to be yourself and enjoy the things that you enjoy. So exactly, that's very important. It's good and take, right? So it's an important thing in any relationship. I feel like we're going from the Switch Nation to Dr. Phil. I mean, this is just a diverse freaking show this week. My goodness. Man, we're having we got, fun tonight. We got a question, too, from Vitrums in the chat. Uh, he says, does anybody know if there's any reason to farm Solstice packages in the light of upcoming Armor 2.0? How many duplicates are enough? Because it, it will have transmog, and you can always switch perks. Well, I'd say that uh, the the solstice packages you know can drop armor with enhanced perks and while we can get enhanced perks on armor 2.0 we may not get them straight away so you know if you don't have any enhanced uh, perks on armor at the moment and you have uh, the packages to open you know why not I wouldn't I wouldn't actively go out of your way to do it but you know there's there is some benefit in, in still having it you know the, the year two armor is not going to go away. It's not going to be completely pointless. It's still going to be good if you have good rolls. Yeah, Bungie made a point to say that too, that it, that it would still be viable next year. Yeah. At least for a while. What if you open that stuff after Solstice? Does do you, is it, it do you get go... the new stuff to drop? Can you cheese that? <laughs> <laughs> is it going to go out of your inventory like once Solstice is done? Like... I imagine it probably won't let you do it, but... Yeah, you know, you never know. You know, we also imagined a lot of things in Destiny that we didn't think would 
would happen and then did. So Yeah, I don't think as anybody's talked about that at all. So mm -hmm. Well, also, you do get enhancement cores from those packages as well. So there is that benefit yeah, of trying to get enhancement cores if you don't have a lot. That's not going away with Shadow Cape. It's going to be as useful as it is today, except from what I have read, Bungie is planning on making um, enhancement cores more widely available in the game and less scarce than it is right now. Yeah, that's right. I'll be through bounties. Any bounties from Vanguard, from Crucible, they're going to give enhancement cores as well now. Yeah, instead of just a gunsmith word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now, Alfred, did you let us know what you do outside of Destiny? Uh, I, I actually live a wonderful and boring life. Um, so I've got <laughs> you know, three kids. Uh, I've got my oldest, who's the disabled one. I've got an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old. And uh, any time I'm not playing Destiny, it's with um, spending time with them with my wife. Um, but yeah, I, I live a very boring life, and I, I love it. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But, family man, that's, you know. Man, uh, you're a family guy. You know, that's that's important. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's the little things and the simple things that make the biggest difference right? uh, i guess that makes it enjoy doing it. i know y'all see me on uh, twitter all the time with siva uh, i i enjoy trolling siva we, we've been <laughs> friends for probably three four years now and nice. i think that's how our friendship started actually it was just trolling each other and then it went from there and same with like you've seen Jew and abby in chat that's that's what we all do to each other all the time <laughs> so I, I guess that could technically be what i do outside destiny yeah, and for anyone who's listening who does not know, Siva Tech was actually our guest um, yeah. a while back now. It's it's oh weird to say that. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, awesome guest on the show, and he is a really, really awesome content creator. Um, he has a Twitter channel where he posts more than I can keep up. Yep. <laughs> it's really awesome. <laughs> and uh, he is very passionate about Destiny. He's been playing the game for a long time, and... Uh, Shout outs to Siva Tech. Yeah. He's a good dude. I actually got to meet up with him and eat pizza with him when he came uh came to town because he's from about twenty minutes where I live. Nice. Originally. So when Very he came cool. to town last time we met up and had pizza and just kind of chatted for a bit. That's awesome. Very cool. It's really cool when you get to meet people in the community. Oh yeah. What's it like to be a up and coming content creator in Destiny for the both of you? Um, Arcane, do you want to go first? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a grind. I'm, my my grind's going a lot slower than what I've seen a lot of other people's. Um, just because I don't have that, I haven't had that set uh, schedule to stream. You know, hey, I'll be streaming x to x time every day. Um, but I think that comes with being a you know family per you know family man and trying to start getting my routine in order. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I can't say it's terrible. It's fun because, I mean, the occasions where I get people to come in chat, it's it's a help me get it to come over like a lot of off schools because I have really bad social anxiety. Um, and just streaming and, you know, talking to everybody on Twitter like I do and everything, it's kind of helped me overcome that a lot. But it's, I don't know, it's rough, but it's a, it's a good rough. 
and you get to learn new things and grow yourself. And uh, yeah. 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 That's, that's, it's a good thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's awesome that, you know, Destiny's been so polarizing on Twitch for so long. And I feel like it's going to get infused once Shadowkeep comes out. You know, it's like not only yeah, Twitch, it's... but Mixer and YouTube gaming, you know, every, every, everybody where yeah. everybody streams, you know, all of a sudden it's just Destiny's going to be back. Like, I feel like so. Yeah, I think I think you're totally right about that. And now, how about you, Nico? What are some challenges that uh, you're facing as a content creator? In destiny i think um and i think you guys can probably relate with this you know that you work really hard to create content whether that's video or or articles or a podcast um and you want it to get out to as many people as possible right you want as many people as possible to listen or read or watch um and i think sometimes it can be a bit disheartening you know when you don't necessarily get the response that you were hoping for you know, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. It's um, how to have that happen, but still stay motivated to to keep going, to keep creating content, um, to keep, you know, the, the, the fact is there's always going to be someone because, you know, we, we it may only be five people, it may only be 10 people, but you still have people who enjoy that content. So you need to find the balance of feeling maybe a little bit disheartened by not having, you know, the the numbers, but also thinking actually you know there's there's like 10 people watching this there's, there's 15 people who, who read my article that, that's awesome you know that's 15 people more than before i wrote it so or before i made the video um you know there may be you, you know whether you're streaming on mixer or on, or on twitch maybe five people watching me but that's five more who are watching if i wasn't doing it at all you know interacting with me meeting new people um so yeah, you got to try and find that balance and remember the 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 positive parts of it, why you're doing it to begin with. You know, um, I'm sure you know none of us are doing it to to, to you know for for money or for 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 uh, celebrity status or anything. That's because we love the game. You know, we all love Destiny. We all want to to just be involved in this community. You know, that's why you know when you you guys tweeted out about people wanting to come on, I said, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to come on the show because. You know, we just want to talk to other like-minded people who love the same things that we love. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's probably the biggest challenge that I've, I've come across is just keeping up that momentum and keeping up that motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can kind of relate to that because for me, like when our podcast account just was shut down abruptly, it was like really, really crappy for me because we were getting ready to, you know, line up some guests that I was in contact with. Um, I will, um, I guess, come out and just say it to you guys because we're like big family now. Um, mm -hmm. But I was really trying to get Morla on the show and Eris Morn. And um, that was kind of an important guest for me to have on the show because I always wanted to have a Bungie developer or someone who actually made Destiny on the show. And that was kind of a... Yeah. Being able to get someone like that on the show was a big thing. And he messaged me on Twitter and then literally like the next day the the account was suspended and I wasn't able oh, to no. get back to her and it just kinda sucked and kinda 
made me feel like everything that I've worked to to build with the podcast, it was almost like being taken away in a small way. Um, yeah. And that kind of bumped me out for a little bit. But then I realized, you know, it's just the Twitter account. You can start a new one, right? Mm-hmm. And the people you were talking to then, you can talk to at any time later on. Like, and things are good now. So we'll have more to share um, in the next month. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything here. <laughs> but it taught me that you know, you, you have to persevere and not everything is going to go your way. Sometimes things won't go your way. You're going to fuck things up. Sometimes you're going to mess up a lot. And as long as you take those lessons and learn from them, they're going to make you a better content creator because it is challenging, especially on Twitch where the entire platform is literally designed to promote the most popular channels. They're not really out there to promote the little guy with 10 people watching. They're out there to promote people with thousands of people watching. That's why you have some content creators really struggle to get out there because it's, it's challenging and you have to figure out new and creative ways to get yourself out there and to differentiate yourself from other content creators. And it's challenging, but at the same time, it's kind of rewarding when you're able to finally break through yeah absolutely more dr phil (laughs) (laughs) more dr phil on the destiny show podcast (laughs) so yeah so i think that uh there are definitely challenges that come with creating content out there and um the best thing i can say is don't give up because it's not going to be easy road like you're going to go through roadblocks and you're going to mess things up and you're going to do things the inefficient way that take you 10 times longer to do but all of these moments will teach you in the end to be a better content creator and to persevere and there's so many opportunities out there because traditional cable is kind of becoming a thing of the past so now we're moving into a world where everyone's online everyone's on youtube everyone's on twitch so the opportunities are definitely definitely out there so yeah no, absolutely what are what are some lessons that you guys learned along the way as content creators that maybe other content creators can learn from and that can help them along the way i honestly think that focusing on growing your sort of audience too much is a detriment. I think that working your way up slowly is the best way of doing it and focusing on the audience you have, getting to know them and interact with them as opposed to thinking, oh, I need more people. How do I get more people to watch or to, you know, read or whatever? Um, I personally think just focusing on the audience you do have and actually appreciating them is, is the best way to go. I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's so well said, because you want to build a connection with your audience and you want for them to trust you and to to want to be a part of your community. And that's how you become what my good friend Pat Flynn calls a super fan. Yeah. 
Now, uh, what about you, Arcane? What What are some lessons that you kind of learn along the way that can help other content creators out there? I mean, uh, I think you said it best. I mean, you just kind of kind of keep, you know, you can't get disheartened by it. So I, I know how much it sucks. You know, you're sitting, you're say you're streaming, you look down, and you see, you know, zero viewers or, you know, one viewer. And you're like, well, you know, what what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And then you know, it, it kind of gets to you. You know, it'll, it'll depress you a little bit and get you down. But you just got to keep. Uh, I think you know, military thing. I know Shadow knows all of this. You know, you just got to adapt and overcome with it. Um, mm-hmm. If something's not working, you switch it up. If that don't work, switch it up and just keep going. And, yep, suck it up and drive on. Yep, yeah, exactly. Suck it up and drive on. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who does not know, Arcane is actually an army veteran. So uh, much respect for that, and thank you so much for your service. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you guys? What would you say are some of your goals that you hope to achieve with your content, your channels? Um, in the next 30, 60, 90 days. Uh, for me, I'm making sure I was hoping to kind of grow a little bit more. Um, my, my, I think my biggest thing with my channel now is I'm just wanting, I guess there's so much you know toxicity and everything out there. I just want people to have a place where they can come and talk about Destiny or gaming in general and not have to worry about, you know, being yelled at for having a different opinion than somebody else or... Mm. You know, oh, I like this gun. Well, you know, I don't want anyone ever to be told, oh, you're trash because you like this gun or, you know, that's a dad gun or something. I hate that stuff so much. Um, <laughs> what is this dad gun? When, when, I, when did this like come in? Uh, where did this come from? <laughs> I'm, I like hear about this overnight. Like now they're all of a sudden there's dad guns in, in Destiny. What the hell is a dad gun? <laughs> it's essentially like weapons that are like the matter at the moment, but what else are you meant to use <laughs> yeah. use good weapons or use the weapons you're comfortable with yeah you know, just have fun I'm with hearing the game. Like, i'm hearing like full auto pulse rifles or like dad guns it's i think stuff that's easy you know easy with quotations to grind for mm. but it is like the meta so like something like a bygones or a blast furnace yeah. or something like that and i think that stuff is the only part of destiny the community that annoys me is i i don't think people should be hateful toward each other for over a game yeah i agree every one of my guns are dad guns i'm, I'm a dad so you know uh, right I and mean, that's that was my view on it too i'm a dad so does that I, mean I, everything I, is well <laughs> i have all dad guns apparently <laughs> i'm a dog dad and i have the lord of wolves so <laughs> does that count the lord of yeah, wolves that can count. The lord of wolves <laughs> Now, what about you, Nico? So, do you have any goals that you want to achieve in the next 90 days with your writing and your content? Yeah, I mean, so, I, you know, like I said, I work with sort of like a team of guys who and, and girls who, who write and create YouTube content for NGB. And one of the things that I really want to do um, is to create a series of guides that are going to help new players who are going to be coming into first light. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of overwhelming things in destiny that, you know, you learn as you play the game, but I think for, for, for new guardians coming in, there are things that might be very confusing things that you might have absolutely no clue about, you know, as an example, 
how to activate a heroic public event. You know, little <laughs> things like that. You know, like the things that we see people complaining about all the time on Twitter, which in Venice oh, is annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is annoying. But at the same time, you know, they won't know. So the, the goal that I've got uh, over the next what, about six weeks, I think, you know, before before Shadow Keepers out, a bit less than six weeks, maybe like five weeks, is to, to to get some of these guides created, you know, get some stuff out there so that people can see how things go, but maybe even before they jump into first light. Um, but you know, for that time period, that's that's kind of the stuff that I'm working on at the moment. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to get some of that stuff out uh, by the end of September. Yeah, it's cool. You're gonna see these things pop up everywhere. I feel like definitely YouTubers. I think are gonna start start seeing guides. Life is gonna make a whole huge video on heard, yeah the history of Destiny all the way up till now, basically to acquainted with the lore and just all all the going on in the game. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, well, I, I know people who are coming back into the game, you know, for for Shadowkeep who haven't played for ages, and I know a couple of people who want to start playing who haven't played at all, and they're asking me all these questions. So, you know, it makes sense to get a set of guides going. Um, you know, and there are plenty of guides that already exist, but updated guides, you know, things ready for, for year three. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I think that Destiny is about to change in a really big way, guys. Like Destiny will be transforming into a totally different beast. I think that the the core mechanics of the game will change the way that we think about our loadouts will change and the way we think about light and power will change and not only that but we're going to get so many new players in a franchise in the game mm -hmm. and it's going to make a lot of a lot of changes happen in the game and it's going to be really interesting to see how the game evolves in the next 6 weeks and what the game will look like one year from now because let's not forget we were literally expecting an annual pass this fall and we're getting a full-size expansion on the moon with eris morn with nightmares with a new raid on the black garden new things to chase after new stories to tell there's so many stories that we still haven't really learned fully about like Prince Aldrin and what is happening with all of that? Where did Marasov go? How is the Drifter involved with the darkness? Like these are all stories that we still have to learn about. And it's gonna be really cool to see how everything comes together in October with Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Now we have just a few more questions for you guys before we continue our podcast. And the next question that we have for you is this. If there is anyone who influenced you along the way as you kind of went on your journey in Destiny and as a content creator, who was that person who inspired you, who influenced you to create content? Uh for me honestly it was a 
I don't think he knows because I've never talked to the guy, but James Works kind of been my like inspiration as far as streaming goes. Uh, just because, I mean, if you watch any of his streams, the dude is so positive and he's always, he, he explains things so well, like whether it's someone being toxic in chat or, you know, trying to explain why, you know, you can't have a free, your DLC can't carry over to another console. Just, I love the way he, uh, I just like the way he is, how he presents himself on streams. That's kind of where I, he's influenced me to kind of move that way and be like that. You know what? I am going to share a little secret with you. James Work is actually a really good friend of mine uh, now. Um, I met him in a similar way that you did. It was through one of his streams, and he is, in my opinion, one of the best Sherpas in Destiny. And not only is he one of the best Sherpas, but he's so well-versed and so knowledgeable in the game, yeah. and he talks about it so insightfully and with such passion and i i think he's definitely one of my favorite streamers in destiny and i i have a ton of respect for him and actually he was a guest on our podcast uh not too long ago uh, i think it was in june and we had so much fun talking to him he was such a great person and such a honest person and, and just just so passionate and so honest and i just have nothing but great things to say about james uh, so that's what i've heard from anyone that that knows him that's all i've ever heard about him yeah he's a real cool dude he's uh he's funny too oh yeah very he is pretty funny just ask him about cornholio's jumping escapades <laughs> during uh <laughs> last wish Next um, time sorry, he, he'll have some stories to share with you on that <laughs> but uh, i really hope we have him back on the podcast because uh, i'd love to get his thoughts and insights on all the new content that we learned about since he was on the show with us and uh, i i just uh i encourage anyone to go in ahead and check him out uh james work he is a really awesome content creator and uh we're gonna give him some shout outs uh in the show notes here uh, for this episode as well. And what about you, Nico? Was there anyone who inspired or influenced you as a content creator? Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say they inspired how I create content, but definitely the people who I sort of um, started to watch, especially on YouTube. Uh, when I first got into Destiny and sort of introduced me to this sort of Destiny community and, you know, the world that sort of exists in that bubble. Um, you know, I, it might sound very typical to say, but my name is Bife. You know, obviously the work he did is incredible. Yeah. Bringing the lore to life, everyone. You know, like, Destiny's always had incredible lore, but, you know, it, it, it took a while and it took his work to actually get it out there. Um, and then at the time, also um, the YouTuber Unknown Player. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what happened to him, to be honest. <laughs> he's not yeah. done anything for a while, but I haven't, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. he was definitely someone whose videos I watched all the time uh, and, and really enjoyed his content. Um, that kind of off the cuff, almost freestyle uh, thoughts on, on the news as opposed to a sort of more official put together video. 
um, yeah, they were the guys who sort of introduced me to this this sort of online community that Destiny has. Um, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily say they influenced my my style um, <laughs> on how I create content, but definitely just uh, more of a an inspiration of like being able to get to that level or, or you know being able to build communities the way they have and be able to serve communities the way they have. What about you, Shadow Price? Yeah, I mean, I think I first started with uh, Fireteam Chat and then Planet Destiny. And then it's it molded in. I found Bife and I found Guardian Radio. And then I also mm-hmm. listened to Unknown Player and I listened to uh, Wally, Sir, Sir Wallen. And I listened to, like, oh my God. I mean, so many. I, I, this, I, I can't even, like, there, there's so many content creators out there. I, I've listened, you know, listened to Broman and, you know, like, Athalian and, like, I've watched everybody. I've literally watched everybody. Yeah, that issue too. So, because, I mean, th- this game has had such an impact on me, I feel like. Yeah. So I've never seen a game have the type of impact that Destiny has had on people. I, I yeah. honestly haven't. Yeah. Um, the the lore for me is what got me hooked like 1000%. Yeah. Once I re- was reading the grimoire one day and I was just like, man, this is some awesome stuff. Like there are some really cool things in here. You know, Craig, who used to do the, uh, they used to do the ghost stories on um, the yeah. uh, Craig Hargrove on the guardian radio. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, he did the, the ghost stories and that there was really a lore with that. And everything and you know and i was you know dcp i listen to dcp every week and so yeah there's and i feel like the game is just like finally coming into its own you know it's like there there is so much lore in the actual game now so it's pretty Definitely. crazy and we have a question from satori thank you for your question what's everyone's favorite lore piece Oh, that's a hard one. There's so I many. Think that's, I think that's very easy for me because there's uh, one that really sticks out and I will always treasure that piece of content. And that was a hour and a half long video made by My Name is Bife and a team of content creators who did an incredible job with the voice acting. And it uh, was... Yes. What was the name of it? Shadow Price, do you remember the name of it? I it don't was, remember the name. I'm it gonna was, look it up right now. The, the story of um, no. the last the word. shadow. Your um, yeah, I remember judging that. your judging your. Just, I mean, yeah, something like that. I don't remember the official name. You, you just uh, that is my favorite story, like lore. Story yes. or, or you can call it in, in Destiny is Shannon Malfour and Dredge and Muir. Um, yeah, I could go on for days about that. <laughs> so it's actually called The Last Word in Thorn, The Complete Story. It is a YouTube video that's an hour and a half long, and it tells the story of The Last Word and Thorn. And it they do it in such an awesome way from the visuals and the immersion in this content. And it... And, it really tells an amazing story, and I encourage anyone who hasn't checked it out to go ahead and watch the video, 
and go ahead and check out My Name is Bife if you haven't already. He is a very talented a content creator. He makes videos about all things Destiny lore, and he's a really, really awesome guy. And uh, you should all follow and support him on his channel on YouTube. No, well, I mean, in terms of lore, I was struggling to think of something off the top of my head that I would have a lot of information on. But honestly, when you brought that back up, uh, something I completely forgotten about at, at the time until you mentioned it. And it was incredible, the work that they did. Um, and it's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier that, you know, there's so much amazing lore in Destiny, but it's really brought to life by people like My Name is Bife and, and the people he worked with, which I think included for that uh, Moonvold who, you know, heads up Planet Destiny these days. Um, it's just, it was just an incredible uh, video that they did. But yeah, I'm completely in agreement with you. Yeah, Moonfald, Nem was on it as well. Both amazing guests on our show and, and great content creators who are doing really amazing things in our community. We, uh, so shout outs to both of them. We we uh, we have to drive two hours to my son's doctor's appointments out of town. Um, I'm pretty sure my wife and kids have heard every episode of Focus Fire Chat now, at least twice. Because <laughs> that's why I usually put on this for driving. And yeah, focused fire chat. Those those guys are really really awesome. They do such great content in lore. They have a podcast um, with Green Eyed Music Lover and Blue Crew, and really amazing talented content creators who are doing such amazing work in our industry. And also both guests on our show as well. It's <laughs> it's like we had everyone on. Um, but no, it's been a really incredible year for us, and I'm I'm so grateful that uh, the community has been so supportive of the show and uh, listening to our podcast. It's it's almost sometimes like hard to imagine that we were able to create a podcast that people actually give a shit about. Like, and, that, and that's <laughs> very special to me, and it's it it makes me feel really really good, and I am so so grateful um, that the community has been so so awesome and supportive and uh also i almost feel like we've or got we've gotten this responsibility a badge to to represent the community and to highlight the people in our industry who are doing important things who don't always get the recognition that they so rightfully deserve so having a platform to be able to talk about destiny and learn about the people in our community in a bigger way it looks like uh somebody satori's have going rounds with nightbot right now in the chat Nightbot's I'm so kind of being a, being a okay. douche so <laughs> i i have I actually have a story about nightbot last week we ended up having like i want to say like 120 130 people in chat and it was the most toxic environment i've ever seen in my life and I didn't really have any moderators for, for this, nor have I prepared anything along those lines because I didn't really think we needed moderators. I didn't really know that we were going to get the level of toxicity that we did get, and I had to put on Nightbot to help auto-moderate, so I apologize if anyone is getting uh, <laughs> getting uh, wrongfully shamed uh, okay. by not you can handle it. Did you and I? You and I go back and forth and I bought all the time. <laughs> yeah.
but uh, yeah, I will I will try to figure out the whole moderation thing a little bit better for the future. Um, and I do apologize that you have to keep to put up with Nightbot tonight um, on the show. Uh, so we have one more question before we talk about the director's cut part three with Luke Smith. And that question is, what news from Gamescom are you most excited about? I think it was seeing how the um, how the artifact worked, actually seeing it in action. Yeah, I mean, actually being something like very, very like having a lot of utility, like how it's like it, you know, way more than what it had in Destiny One. Being able to like uh, slot mods in there and yeah. then also be able to use it as, you know, power boost, you know, to gain more power as you yeah. get heat reach the cap and everything. So, yeah, I think they said technically it's an infinite power like leveling system. Um, although I was talking to some clan members about this, you wouldn't really need to go anything higher than 20 above what the highest activity recommended light is, right? So um, there is a, a a precedent to stop after a while, but yeah, apparently, theoretically, you can just keep leveling up much as you want and as much time as you've got. Yeah, that's very interesting what Satori brought up. He uh, said uh, in regards to the artifact, it assumed you can raise your light by 40 um, with meaning we could get to a thousand light and finally kill Dolan Karu. Yeah, the isn't it the truth to power Lord Hab? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a choose your own adventure in in that yeah. um uh choose what is it react choose react something um yeah. in that tab and it says like yeah if you go to the go to the Dream City kill Dolan Karu at nine ninety nine light as a solo. Sure. You gotta be doing a solo fire team. No, nobody else. You know, one v one with Dolan Karu <laughs> to see yeah. the true ending to the Dreaming City. Yeah. Well, they've talked haven't they about um, re- almost retiring some content. So you know, if we got to that and we had the true ending to the Dreaming City, maybe that will tie in. That could also like spell the you know. The entrance to Sabathun, though, too, you know, it could be, could be a trap, basically. Like, because the hive, you know, they believe in the sword logic. You kill, the more you kill, the more you kill, the more tribute they get, and the more powerful they get. Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, I think it's all yeah, trap. That's a, that's a really interesting point, and I, I really hope they actually do that because that would be really, really kick ass. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's exciting to see what a MMO focused art destiny can look like because i feel like it's something that bungie has been kind of teetering and kind of dabbling with for quite some time now and for them to fully just unleash their potential as a franchise as a game as a hobby for all of us i think it's really interesting to see where this goes and um i know that it's a challenging time for Bungie because they're on their own. They don't have other 
publishing help or development support like from you know vicarious visions and high moon studios they don't have that but at the same time i feel like they have more freedom to be who they want to be to be who we want them to be as a game as a franchise and it's really exciting for me to see where this goes and this fall is going to be just the beginning yeah in that familiar location back to the moon and just seeing how that's transformed and everything from uh, D1 because the moon was was a very fun location to visit and it just it's we haven't been there in a long time if you haven't yeah. played Destiny 1 like anytime soon <laughs> now we do have another question from uh GOP thank you very much for your question and do you all think will ever get a 15th wish that's a great question uh i've seen stuff uh right around the internet saying that the last last wish raid was is technically the 15th wish um, last wish yeah yeah so hmm. i don't I don't know if you look at it like that i think we've already gotten the 15th wish um but as far as putting it into the wish wall, I don't think we'll ever get one that, you know, physically goes into the wish wall. Yeah. Agreed. That's interesting. Think, you know, most things have triumphs or something there associated to it. And I think there are smart smart people in this community who would have found it by now if something existed. You know, they can yeah. choose to put something in later, but I think as of right now, there's there's no fifteenth wish. See, I think that Maybe there isn't a 15th wish today, but I do see Bungie being clever enough to add a 15th wish maybe sometime in the future. Mm. If we ever go back to the Dreaming City and we have to fight new challenges in that raid, right? And I think one of the problems that Bungie had is not reusing the content they have very well. Like they would build something really awesome, then it would just disappear. Like, for example, the, the Queen's Wrath uh, quest line that came out when Destiny first came out, or SRL. Like, this is content that they can reuse and bring back yeah. and make it relevant. And I definitely see that potentially being something that they would do. And it would be a cool way to get people back into the Last Wish raid. Create the 15th Wish, bring it into the game, and boom. It's more content for us to play. Yeah, that'd be pretty damn cool. Yeah, I think so. I really enjoyed The Last Wish. Um, I think it was a fun raid. It kind of sucks that the only way you really beat the boss is essentially like quickly. I don't want to say cheesing <laughs> it because in a way, like that was the intention of the developers. But I don't know if like spawning into the wall and then all of a sudden like it <laughs> teleports you to this new area I, I don't know if that part was necessarily planned to be our that community way. will always find shortcuts they will. always we had a friend that would refuse to do it that way he like uh he took you and i into the raid and made us learn the eyes and falling through well, the floor and everything i think we've made a point like my, my clan's made a point of doing it legit yeah. At least a few times. But when we're trying to get through Last Wish quickly, we're not doing the whole encounter. <laughs> we're just not doing it. It's, it's so, so much fun, much though. It yeah, is. It's, I mean, mechanically, yeah. it's fantastic. 
then when you get to the Queen's Walk, when you got people who don't understand <laughs> when to pick up the taken strength and when not to pick up the taken strength, when you know s- go. some people don't even count yeah. when they have the freaking heart. Oh my goodness! So, We're standing right beside you as you go in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was. Uh, we we did our pictures run last week, um, or earlier this week. Uh, it's all blended in, and that was a uh, like we've all done last week loads of times. But actually trying to do it without anybody dying and you know trying to actually take it very seriously was a whole different experience that's really hard that's got to be really hard because it's so yeah. easy to die in that raid <laughs> yeah and most of our deaths came from bridges and jumping puzzles and like yeah. <laughs> silly things that 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 uh jumping puzzle between uh Surochi and morgif um yeah, when you go through the taken section, that was the that was the worst part. Like I, I felt so stressed. <laughs> yeah, landing on the right symbols, you know. Yeah, and everything. So <laughs> true. Yeah, those were some some good memories from this past year, and um, we had some good times. And uh, do you guys have any other news that we got from Gamescom that you were kind of? interested in doesn't even have to be destiny related just any news from gamescom that you were kind of curious about no not not really i'm kind of curious about that disintegration game because it's made by the other creator of halo you know jason jones was the original what but the other guy was marcus leto and he's doing this game called disintegration that kind of looks like destiny and like Destiny and like Anthem, almost like like an amalgamation of those two games. And it's interesting that, you know, that's in his blood. He said it, that it's in my blood to create a game like this. You know, it's like he's got that like sci-fi, like, you know, atmospheric type of game because that's what he did with Halo. You know, you just can't break somebody's like, you know, can't break it if, if it's in your DNA to create a game like that. So... It looks interesting. I, I I might check it out when it comes out, just because I'm curious. I want to see what the other creative Halo, you know, can do with his team of thirty. Definitely. So, gentlemen, let's let's continue our podcast with the conversation about the director's cut that we got from Luke Smith. He wrote a three-part director's cut. Man, it was lengthy. It was a read. Like you definitely had to like sit down and just like make time and just grab a snack because you were gonna need a snack by the time you were done reading the whole thing. Uh so it was pretty lengthy and in-depth. And tonight we're gonna talk about part three of the director's cut. And to start things off, Luke Smith stated that We wanted the game to be an awesome power fantasy where a challenge can push back on its players. As we discussed in part one, the game started to bend in year two under the weight of this power and Destiny's imperative that it ride out the line between action game and RPG. This section is going to explore the collision across a variety of places the UI, the player character, and of course, PvP. So we're going to talk about some of these things. We're going to give our perspectives and also talk about the philosophies that Luke Smith 
talked about during the director's cut that was released, I want to say last week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he released it all last week. Yeah. And the first part was a look at combat. And it was a place where art, where action and RPG collides, a vision uh, for a single evolving world that I bet we're going to learn more about later this month. Yeah, I, he's just set, setting it all up here, basically talking about, you know, what what their vision is for Destiny going forward and what they hope to achieve. Now, do you guys have any thoughts and, or takeaways from the part three of the director's cut that really stood out for you? Uh, I have one for like the whole thing. I mean, the I think I tweeted out a couple when the first one came out, just the transparency that that Luke Smith had with it. You know, um, just I I, th- I thought it was amazing. As you know, looking at it from a game gaming developer to be that transparent with you know its fan base was just kind of amazing. You don't get that very often anymore. Yeah, you don't. You don't really. Yeah, it's it was it was really awesome to get the look inside, uh, you know, the director, you know, the game director, you know, just tell you to talk to talking to your player base, basically, of why they made the decisions that they did, what they're looking to, you know, where they went wrong and where they're looking to correct going forward and where they want destiny to evolve to and how they want to grow the game you know so and respect players time in the same you know token yeah no i i totally agree and and also the level of honesty and transparency that luke smith um had with everything he talked about he was very open about the state of crucible and pvp and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit um but before we do, I did want to dive into some of the things that Luke Smith talked about during the director's cut, and we'll kind of give our impressions on these things, talk about whether we agree with these things, whether we don't agree with these things, and share our thoughts and opinions on it. And the first thing that Luke Smith talks about is their vision for a single evolving world. And I thought that was very interesting to hear him talk about because in some ways an an evolving world means that it's constantly changing and there's always new stuff to do and new things for you to discover and play and enjoy and that's kind of how a live service game functions in some ways right so what would you guys say a live or a uh, single evolving destiny world means to you and how how would you want for destiny to look like with a single evolving world um i also think destiny's done that you know with paid staff and forsaken you know the fact is we started off with three vanguard um yeah hunter vanguard warlock vanguard time vanguard we're down one you know and i think as part of that evolution eventually we're going to get replacement uh but you know the fact is that People change their positions in the tower. You know, we get new people added. Um, you know, I think we we've, we've already seen 
whilst probably on a smaller scale, an evolving world, but more stuff like that, I think, you know, is, is what I want to be seeing. What I think is probably the vision, you know, like more tangible change, you know, change that you actually see in Destiny. Yeah. Pulling at one of those threads and actually like going with it, going with that thread, you know, that narrative and everything, pushing the story forward through environmental storytelling and through just regular narrative and things like that, you know, um, just kind of like the chapters of a book, basically. Yeah. I think, I think going with what they said about, you know, starting a story and actually finishing it and having that story then lead into the next story, like they're planning to do with the seasons um, from, from Shadowkeep. I think it's quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they're looking to achieve. Yeah, and you, you know, I'm also pretty curious about what this means for content that we had in previous seasons. Will it evolve and change? Will it disappear as we go from season to season? Because to me, a single evolving world could also mean that are we going to need a full new game? Or are we going to get expansion-sized content moving forward in Destiny? Are we going to get a Destiny or, 3? Do we need a Destiny? Or, or are they just going to drop that 2 right off the name and it just be called Destiny and then heading, blah, 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 whatever that heading will be for that time period? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see where Bungie takes the franchise moving forward. And it almost feels like nothing's off the table anymore right like anything goes if if it works if the community responds well to it i think bungie is very open to bringing that to life and making it happen and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this responsibility now that all of the weight is on their shoulders yeah i mean this is the first offering um that they being free from Activision and everything. So this is the first Bungie produce at Destiny, solely Bungie, you know? So it's like, what? let's see what they got. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And now Luke Smith also talked about damage numbers and the 999999 problem in Destiny. And he talked about a few things. Uh, he mentioned that Destiny 2 was built originally very differently from the foundation than where it is today. Uh, the damage output is being reworked this fall. They are stressing out that they're not nerfing outgoing damage. Instead, they are refactoring and deploying or displaying numbers a bit differently. In addition to that, Luke Smith did talk about the immunity wall being raised to 100 down from 50 to allow for more guardians to, or to allow for guardians to increase the number of damage output at a lower level. So in other words, instead of being 50 late levels under and doing zero damage to an enemy, you'll still do damage to it, but it's just going to be less. 
and there's going to be a wider spectrum and a, a wider mountain for you to climb as you become more powerful and deal more damage to your enemy. It's going to be a fun change. Yeah, it's it's interesting. What do you what do you guys think about this change? Do you guys agree with this? Do you think it's going to benefit the game in the long run? I, I do 100. I mean, it's going to think about the people that go for like you know play for just challenges. I mean, we're you know they're going from being able to be 50 under and not hitting very hard to going to 100 under and barely you know scratching something. So it's going to make that challenge much, you know, a lot harder for them. Yeah, I think it also it gives you an opportunity to get into things earlier than you would have been able to before, and at least you know try it. Even if you fail, you know the the fact that you you can get in there and try things it is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think it it allows for a wider spectrum of challenge to be in Destiny. I think that you know, and I think Shadow Price will um definitely relate to this, but they talked about having new modes in Shadow Keep um during Gamescom and they talked about having a normal mode, a heroic mode and legendary mode. Much like how Halo was structured in terms of its difficulty. So I think that this is probably a step in that direction to bring us a legendary mode where you can enter an activity and you'll deal a wider spectrum of damage to the enemy and you'll take a wider spectrum of damage from your enemies. So it's just going to create a more holistic challenge in the game. And it's going to give the developers the opportunity to build a wider spectrum of activities, whether they be easier activities or more challenging things for the end game um, chasers out there. Yeah, they're widening the delta. I mean, just because I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot more players and everything, you know, to give players, you know, who may not be able to get to the that, that light level faster than some somebody else in the community that you know they'll still do damage but at a lesser rate yeah like that, so yeah absolutely and now the next thing we're going to talk about here are buffs debuffs and stacking and um, there were a couple of things that uh, luke smith did talk about relating to this um, first up, Luke Smith talked about uh, only one damage buff being counted, the highest damage buff now being counted, if multiple guardians are out there fighting an enemy. So if you equip a well and other items uh, are also equipped with a buff, the strongest of the two will count for damage output. So there will no longer be any stacking of supers and and the crazy shit that we're seeing in the game right now now how do you guys feel about this because that's a pretty big change especially for warlock wells and titans and, and all the stacking that we were doing in year two of destiny i was just gonna say i feel like to begin with you know we may miss it but we always adjust right we always adapt to to what is available and 
people will find new ways to to break the game and do crazy amounts of damage. Yeah, I mean, I I think they never meant for it to get that out of control with it. People being able to stack. It's just like he said, people in the community are just really smart and they find ways when there's enough of us in the, you know, playing the game, we're going to find a way. But I mean, with them reintroducing weapons of light and everything like that, having like weapons of light stack with the well radiance to damage, like, you know, that would have just been absolutely absurd and everything. So they had to, they had to rein it in. You know, and I and I like what they're doing. I mean, I think yeah, it's it makes smart. sense. Yeah, because you want to have some level of challenge. Exactly. You know, so it, you want the game to push back where it needs to push back at you. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I'm I'm kind of mixed about it because I think that there is one aspect of Destiny where it's like a a power fantasy, and I almost feel like in the last couple of years we've been a bit too powerful and for that to be lost it almost relates to like the original raid weapons that we got with Fatebringer and Sound Verdict and Praetorian Foil like these are all special weapons that I don't know that Bungie has ever been able to top and to lose the power that we're getting in the game, it almost feels like, will the game feel as good? You know, will you feel as powerful? Because with these debuffs, they actually also talked about something else, and that's supers, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Um, but they're making some fundamental changes that would make you feel less powerful and to make your supers count more strategically where you have to save them for that perfect moment. Whereas now we can spam wells, right? Like we can do things that make us stronger. But if you think about it at the same time, for certain activities like flawless menagerie, you have to have that, right? So for me to think of Destiny as a game that no longer has the super recharge that we have now like how is that going to affect those activities will it make them impossibly difficult where it just feels painful right i don't want to feel no, like I think that's where the i think that's where the mods are going to come in you know yeah. you're going to be able to mod your armor and everything you if you want your super back quick you know you you spec intellect into your you know build and everything like that you know with those stats coming back into the game you know, you're going to be able to make the build that is going to suit your needs. And, you know, with having the difficulty spectrum that like that, the challenge will be out there for people who really want to want to challenge. And yeah. Like, doesn't that I almost think- make it feel like they're locking the power behind a new source, a new pursuit where now you have to chase after that, mo- that special mods in the game or special armor set with the best stats for you to build on. And um, no, I don't think they are. I think they're creating a a chase that's going to, you know, benefit the people who want to actually do that. You know, people who want want to take the time to get the best builds, you know, that they're going to go after that. 
They're going to go after the best world armor. They're going to go after the best weapons, like to, to replay the content. I think it's going to get people to engage more with with the content, especially if it's good too, you know? So, I mean, it's, that's the thing is we want meaningful chases in the game. We don't want to do things that we're not feeling like we're being rewarded. You know, we're getting like two tokens in a blue. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And now, we also know that debuffs are being affected in the same way. Um, so you can only stack one of them. Uh, one can be active per player at any given time. Enemies are affected only by one debuff at a time. Exotics and weapon amplification perks are exempt from this buff limit. So um, that's how it's going to work with the buffs and debuffs and there's also a fundamental fundamental change coming to supers um several things lowering roaming super uh, damage resistance intent to make supers easier to challenge is the purpose of this so now i think that's going to make a pretty big change with the crucible and it will allow you to be able to challenge a super. So I, I kind of agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment, if you see a super coming towards you, if if you don't have all six people, you know, if you're playing quick play, shooting, you've got absolutely no chance. It'll just wipe you. Yep. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I mean, I, I, can snap, I can snipe somebody out of their super. I've done it a couple times. It's harder, but... I've done it, but it would be nice to be able to do it more yeah. frequently. Yeah. So, See, like you could in D1. I think in PvP, it's going to make a very positive change because it sucks when you feel like you can't do anything and people are just spamming supers, right? So the people who are killing are rewarded with easier killing. And the people yeah. who are yeah. killing more slowly... They're not getting their supers as often, so they are getting penalized even further and being put at a greater disadvantage. I don't know if that was the best way to do it. So I, I totally agree with this. Now, the next one, the next point that Luke Smith talks about is reducing effectiveness of orbs on refilling the super meter and reducing super energy gained from kills and assists. So... That slows the progression of getting supers. And uh, from my understanding, this is going to be something in the game across the board, not just PvP or PvE. So PvE is being affected by this as well. I, I, I don't know about the PvE side because, again, I want to feel like I'm powerful in PvE. I, I don't want for things like a flawless menagerie to feel even more challenging than it is now, right? Um, so yeah, but I could really be playing that menagerie once, uh, no, but there comes. will be other activities that, that are similar to the menagerie where it will matter because if the whole flawless system is working with this, I think they're going to continue on that path and whatever the next title is, I bet you anything, whatever the pinnacle activities are, you will have to do the flawless versions of them. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think you know they they talked a lot about designing content with uh you know keeping an eye on 
the exotic started there with super regeneration and designing stuff around that with reckoning being the prime yeah. example um and now that they're making the changes i'm hoping that that means that they haven't designed the content that you would need to have a well or you would need to have a bubble um um mm-hmm. i say i'm really curious how reckoning is going to go once uh once they uh do the super adjustments yeah well yeah yeah that's that's uh you know i think you know obviously the the more powerful we get technically the easier this stuff should be but um yeah i think hopefully the 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 content going forward isn't based around you know just putting enemies everywhere around us that we're forced to use these things but yeah just being you know smart uh, intuitive, intelligent level design, which we've seen them do time and time again. So I'm confident they can do it. Definitely. And then also Luke Smith did talk about heavy ammo and he stated the following. We're making some changes to heavy ammo in Destiny 2. Heavy ammo will be communal and 6v6 playlist. We're also reducing the amount of ammo per brick in PvP for certain 6v6 archetypes it's not exactly the same as d1 though when a player cracks open a heavy crate other players have a window of time to interact with it to get their heavy ammo and uh, that was the change that luke smith mentioned regarding heavy ammo and good change yeah no i i agree um you you never want the game to feel like especially in pvp that you are at a disadvantage because again somebody has super and they can just kill or kill everyone or have a heavy because it gives you too great of a disadvantage in the game where it's not a level playing field it's not like using a pulse rifle against a pulse rifle or you know a primary weapon against a primary weapon kind of yeah thing. so i agree with that and on the topic of PvP, man, we got a lot that Luke Smith talked about relating to PvP. And this was kind of the most interesting thing for me because of how they handled PvP um, communication in the past, where they pretty much said that, oh, we have nothing to say about trials. Um, so he did have stuff to say about trials today, or well, not today, but in this update. And Luke Smith talks about the following things. He talked about Trials of the Nine not meeting the developers' expectations. He talked about Destiny 1 Trials being more flawed than the developers had thought it was flawed. And that was more apparent when Destiny 2 Trials came out. Uh, The Trials card was less important Trials of the Nine did not work out in the way that it was planned, as I mentioned. And um, he stated that the reason they have been so quiet about PvP was that they didn't have a lot to say. He states that we weren't actively developing something to hype up. We knew PvP was going to be something everyone got for free in New Light. So it wasn't really a part of the Shadow Keep core offering. What we are doing about PvP became a question we were asked internally, too, 
a bunch of folks on our team are passionate about PvP and wanted to know where it was headed. Now, this statement was pretty profound for me because it almost told me that PvP became not as important to Destiny and to Bungie. It wasn't part of their core product. It was just something that they were giving away for free. So there was less of an importance on PvP. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of how I read that statement. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think that that's accurate because, I mean, it was all about Gambit when um, yeah. Forsaken came out. They were trying to market Gambit. Um, and, it you know, it started off good, but it kind of started to fall on the wayside with uh, how many people, how many times people invaded. Like, the invasions got a little crazy, especially when Gambit Prime came out. And, yeah, no new maps at all. No new PvP maps at all during like what I mean, that would have been all they needed to do to keep it just feeling a little bit fresh each season one new map something yep. different to get people in there it honestly wouldn't have taken much yeah, yeah even if it was one new map a season i totally agree that would give us something and they didn't really do that and they over promised in that in this case because before forsaken came out they did come out and say that hey all of the PvP maps that we'll be building are going to be free. Well, how many PvP maps did we actually get in the last 12 months? Like, that to me was a problem. And I'm yeah. a little nervous about the state of PvP even right now, because if it's only part of New Light, how are they going to monetize it? Like, I, I don't understand. I, I get the concept of giving free maps to players so everybody can enjoy the game but they they have to be able to sustain that and keep that as part of their core product because yeah. if they don't treat it as a core product then it's just going to fall on the waistline and it's going to become a irrelevant thing and to me destiny is also about pvp after you have beaten your 50th raid after you got your pinnacle weapons and all of your exotics the only thing left to play is pvp and pvp is an important aspect of competitive gameplay and a part of keeping things feeling fresh without having them without having the team be required to make more content they can make a map and then you can have many outcomes in that map because it's player versus player so I really hope that they don't abandon it or lessen it as a product because I think PvP is very important for the Destiny franchise. I mean, I think the changes they've made are, are a good start. You know, there definitely needs to be more. Um, the fact that comp is now going to become far more accessible to everybody than it previously has been. The fact that there's going yeah. to be a solo queue, um, I'm not sure about, you know, making survival the, the core mode. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it then allows people to practice 
a specific game mode and you know get used to that and know what they're getting in for rather than it's swapping up every game so there is a positive there in that respect um but you know 3v3 is is really really good um i really am pleased with going back to uh, a 3v3 model um and yeah i, I think it's a good start but they, they really need to build on it throughout the throughout year three yeah, this is them admitting that it didn't work. Like the four v four experiment did not work. The you know doing like away with the playlists and things like that, doing away with elimination, doing away with skirmish, doing away with salvage, doing away with all rift, all the things that you did. Yeah, in D one to to D two did not work at all. Trials of the nine didn't work. You know, it's this is basically like them upheaving everything and just like. Let's bring let's bring the familiar back. Let's bring back what people liked and then build off of that and everything. And I think that's where they're heading. That's what they're doing. It's a step in the right yeah. direction, you know? So I think they're making progressive steps. I'm just a little worried that they're doing it at too slow of a pace because not having trials back this fall and only getting a version of trials that is sort of in beta and you don't get any achievements for it 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 kind of I knew of, it wasn't going to be back though they, yeah, they I mean, basically they, they said every, it, right but but they gave every every instance every kind of idea that it there it's not it's not what they wanted it, you know trials to be and they they and he really needs to go back under the microscope and everything. And that's why they're bringing back elimination in Crucible Labs, because I think they're testing it. They're testing it to see how the people are going to respond to it, especially all the new players and things like that. You know, is this something like we can use to, to bring back trials? Is elimination 3v3, the, the, which is was the foundation of trials of Osiris, is this w what we want to do to bring back trials? and everything and i feel like that's what they're doing with testing these and you know they're bringing back two familiar maps too with um um widow's court and uh twilight gap and everything yeah um and i feel like that's why they're doing it i, I think it's an important step for them yeah 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 that's that i fully believe that's what they're doing when why and putting that in Crucible Labs, putting 3v3 in there. Like they said, it doesn't even have VO yet. It doesn't have um, any kind of medals. Yeah. Or anything that you get while you're playing. Yeah. So And and the, the, the Luke Smith mentions a couple of things about that. Quite a few things about PvP. He talks about um, them going back to a factor of three, which means that it's always going to be 3v3, 6v6. They're not going to be focusing on 4v4 moving forward. They acknowledged it was a mistake. They um, do have one playlist, though, in Classic Mix that's still very 4v4. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's good to know. Uh, weekly Rotator. Yeah. Now, they're also removing Quick Play and competitive nodes from the director. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for an experience like Quick Play, they have added a mix, a Classic Mix, a connection-based playlist like Quick Play Today, featuring classic modes like Control Clash and Supremacy. Competitive is being replaced by 3v3 Survival, which is now awards glory. Hmm, what do you guys think about that? 
like the three v three. I like the three v three. I think three v three is the sweet spot, like for when it comes to competitive. Like that's yeah. what trials was. That's what made trials so dynamic in Destiny One. What do you guys think about survival as a mode? Do you think that's a good mode for them to have represent competitive gameplay for the next season of content in Destiny? I think, I think it's I, better I, than I, Countdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's better than Countdown. I I think it's overall from from start to finish it's a pretty quick game mode to play through you know four rounds first one to four wins so you're never in a match for too long you know even if it's a close one um which i think is a big thing when you're grinding comp you're trying to get to fabled you know um as as many people have been over the last year uh but you know it's it's not my Really would. Uh, but they're putting that in labs because I think yeah. they're bringing it back at trials. I really do. I think they're that's what they're testing, and they're going to bring that back as trials. Yeah, I, think so. I hope so. You know, they in that twab uh, where they were talking about it, or not in the twab, sorry, in the state of the game, the director's cut. You know, they put trials of the nine, and nine was very specific. Nine was italicized. Yeah, yeah. italicized yeah. exactly. So, yeah. trials of Osiris potentially. You know, I I, I really do hope it's coming back. Yeah, Trials of Osiris, like that, that's what everybody loved. That's where that's why people came out to the Twitch streams and things like that to watch your real crafties and you know your all the people, you know, um triple wreck and everybody then the PvP like community. Yeah. And everything. I think you're totally right. You know. Yeah. Like, and I think, you know, with them having um the guy, uh, they they hired somebody that was uh in the community that played Crucible. Uh, Bungie brought somebody in who, like, you know, is a big Crucible player and everything. I'm sure he's given them, like, advice and things like that, you know. Um, he's helping them probably rebuild Crucible and everything, too. So um, I think we're definitely heading for better days in Crucible. And this next point, actually, you know, the whole that they're going to have a survival solo mode, like, for uh, competitive. Uh, and it also rewards awards glory. What do you guys think of that? I think that's awesome because yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great yeah. step for them to take because I mean, how many yeah. times have you spawned into a match with just random people and you were fighting four stacks? It made crucible yeah, less fun. On, yeah. It made it's competitive just, yeah. more like unfair in my opinion. And I, I think this is a great step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah, me and yeah, Corn sure. had a conversation about this, didn't we, Corn? We talked about like what you know. When it'd be nice if they had a conversations solo. about these things. Come on, bro. It, it it would be nice if they had a freelancer <laughs> solo mode for competitive. Yeah, we, we actually talked about it very and, recently, um, and we talked yeah, about because you can't always find a team. You know, you can't yeah. always find people to play with and everything. You know, just you know, the the plans don't line up sometimes, and then you get like again, again, it's a four stack and just completely obliterated. And yep. that's not fun at all. So, no, you know, I, I think this is really good because, you I mean, you're bringing in all these new players and like all these people with new light and everything. The whole Steam community like has a chance now to play Destiny too. Like you want to give people a good experience and everything, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, now, Nico and, and uh, Arcane, do you guys think that the solo queue is a good a good idea for Destiny? 
I, I think it'll help though. I definitely think it helped the comp community a lot. Because then it's just like Shadow Park said, you know, you go in solo queue and you're up against a full stack of a clan, you know, with three other randoms in your fire team. It's it's almost hopeless sometimes. I think that'll yeah, you, uh, knock that out. You might as well just do an emote, uh dance yep. emote, like right in the beginning, you know, or just jump off the <laughs> jump off the map <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. You know, oh boy. So. I definitely remember those times. Oh man. So now Luke Smith also talks about a number of other things, and I'm just going to read through these things real quick um, because we do have uh, quite a few more things to cover with the weekly update and the next part of the uh, Luke Smith reveal. And Luke Smith talked about they added control to the playlist. So control is back. It's going to be its own playlist. With the potential influx of new players this fall, we want to have a playlist that signals to new players that is where to start uh that's what the first that's the first thing i played when i played destiny was control in beta we were playing control yeah Yeah. that was the first thing they they make go go live yeah yeah they they realized their mistakes with destiny too you know they realized there were so many good things we had in destiny one you know and there was no reason to 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 axe them and everything yeah. You know, so it's I, I I love this. I love a lot of these changes, you know. So that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Luke Smith states that we feel like 6v6 control is the right starting place when introducing new friends to Destiny. We've added a weekly 6v6 rotator and a weekly 4v4 rotator. So 4v4 is actually going to be in the game still. Uh, These rotator playlists are where modes like Clash, Supremacy, Mayhem, Lockdown, and Countdown will appear. Uh, They removed some underperforming maps from matchmaking as well. That's a pretty yeah, get interesting Firebase step. Echo right the frick out of here. <laughs> get that map out of here. I can't stand Firebase Echo. Uh, also, as we as we mentioned, Elimination will be returning in Crucible Labs with four different variations that we will get a chance to test out. As Shadow Price mentioned earlier, no rewards or medals are being offered this season. That tells me that next season, more than likely, Trials will be coming back. And it's going to be a more polished experience with rewards and pinnacle weapons and pursuits that we have to chase. Uh, also, glory and skill-based matchmaking overhauls are coming. That's a pretty big thing. Quick Play will not have skill-based matchmaking and will be renamed to 6v6 Classic. So, yeah, these are pretty big changes that are coming to Destiny. And what do you guys what do you guys think about these changes overall? Do you think this is enough to keep players playing PvP Crucible? I want to read um, Satori's point because he has a good point that he put in the chat. He said uh, the only reason they are loved though is because they are missed and not new, innovative. That to me is an underlying problem with this game as they bring past things to D two instead of making new stuff. Feels weird, man. I, I totally get what you mean. I totally understand that. That you would want them to build new things, you know, instead of like relying on D1 for so much. You know, I'm saying let's have a little bit of both and everything, you know? 
let, let's have some of the familiar things from D1, but yeah, let's have some new game modes. Let's, let, you know, think of some new things, you know, like some evolved version of combined arms, like big maps, you know, with like, I don't know, like uh, 8v8 or something like that, kind of like classic big team battle in Halo and everything. That would be awesome. Yes, it would. Yeah, I, I think these are all excellent points and uh it's it's interesting to see how the crucible evolves going into the next season and future seasons after that ever evolving world and destiny that luke smith talked about he mentioned that they had aspirations for a vision for an ever evolving destiny world um he talks about destiny or the bungee devs wanting to play destiny to feel like you're playing a game world with true momentum, a universe that's going somewhere, a game where things are happening, not just in terms of new items and activities, but also in terms of narrative. It's frequently, it frequently seemed like Destiny was treading water in terms of moving the world's narrative forward. They want to tackle this in Destiny 2's third year. So for me as a player who loves pve and loves campaign and loves lore and story and destiny i'm really excited to hear this because that makes me feel much more comforted that they're building a world that is going to be built in the direction where i want it what are you gonna love the next part though (laughs) that's the real question what's the next part the next uh passage the next paragraph Oh, the next paragraph. Okay, yeah. See, I'm messing up. Okay. This is going to be the true the true test if you're going to love this or not. Okay. What is it, Shadow Price? Cuz you're you're eager to sink into it. So, <laughs> read it to us. What did Luke Smith All say? Right. So, Luke goes on to say, "During season 8, a new situation will unfold on the moon. I'm being cagey here only because I'm reluctant to spoil anything. Over the course of the season, parts of the game will change before the situation culminates in an event that will ultimately resolve it, and its contents will be exhausted. But this resolution sets up the events of Season 9, which, again, adds something new to the game and resolves it, something that, too, will go away, but not before setting up Season 10, etc. So, your thoughts? Mm. This is really interesting, guys. Because... (laughs) I think this kind of hints at a different direction with how DLC is going to be made and how this is very MMO like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to get interesting. So if you look at stuff like ESO, that's how they do a lot of their stuff, and it's worked really well for them over the years since they've really buckled down on it. So how this is what he means about a single evolving world. Yep. So how does how does this work in ESO? Because I personally do not play ESO. I haven't really dabbled with that game too much. So how how does it work in that game related to Destiny? It's been a while since I've dabbled in it, but it basically like um they said it more like events, kind of like um we have like the dawning and things like that in Destiny. But they set them out as like DLCs, like they had um one a while back ago. I think it was for a Moral Wind. It culminate you know it had the big storyline it culminated at the end but it's set up for the next one which was um i think somerset if i remember right but it's how luke smith is talking here is exactly how they do theirs they'll have one 
one arcing story over that season and then by the end it's resolved but then you know boom the new guy the new villain or the new antagonist is for the next season and they rotate that in and out as they do new um dual dlc and things like that yearly so you're basically paying for content that could potentially go away is what you know luke smith is saying and everything because the world is changing there are events in the world that is changing that you resolve that push the story forward and set up the events for the next season yeah exactly but he uh he uh, i think luke smith also added in that that like the uh, loot and things that we get through the things even when they go away they they will eventually come back yeah Um, a later date in some other form basically so we're not losing loot we're just losing that like that specific content you're losing the event the story whatever that Whatever yeah. that event or story element was yeah. that um, led to its resolution. Let me let me say this about losing the story. I, I don't agree with losing the story. I don't think that will benefit the game. Here's why. Because if a player wants to come back to it six months after that season has had commenced, then they're kind of SOL and they're missing out on a story. I think the story should be preserved in the game. I think activities yeah. like the dreaming city changing shape every week, right? That's something they can mess with and make different mm-hmm. and move forward. But I do think there needs to be an underlining narrative and a story that is preserved in the game. Because if you take that away, how do you allow for new players after that season's over to enjoy that content? Then you're almost shooting yourself in the foot because you're taking stuff away that could be that's why they have a free entry point now in the game and everything you're not paying for that content i get that but is that but if the story progresses beyond that free content are you losing out on that if you're not buying into it and will it disappear after you had purchased it because what if for shits and giggles i want to go back and play through an activity during season 12 and i'm in season 15 what then like I think that's kind of then, treading the waters. Then this game is the way he's talking about that for this game to evolve and change because he's talking about a single evolving world. There are events that are going to set up in the story that is going to change, you know, things in the world. That's what MMOs do. And for this game to get there to that MMO status yep. that people want and everything. There are things that have to go away, and it's the size limit. He talked about it before. The game is the game can't continuously uh, keep expanding. Like they're 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 running out of like RAM on the old consoles and everything. It, they can't support the world and getting as much bigger anymore. Like so, that's the thing that they're talking about. Like they're gonna br- introduce something and then they're gonna take it away. Not not just because of story reasons and things like that, because of space limitations. We're not getting the new consoles until fall of next year. So they have to have some sort of solution for this year and most of next year. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. That's the problem they're facing right now. Like, did you see the size with all of Destiny 2 and Shadowkeep on the consoles? 165 gigabytes on PS4. I think uh, Satori has a really good point. He says that I think it will depend on how much narrative uh, in pace an activity will have. So like yeah. an activity that doesn't have much narrative impact would be removed 
and vice versa with activities that have heavy narrative impact. Yeah, I mean, they it, it could be a couple of things that they could be talking about in season uh, eight that are going to, um, you know, go away and everything. Um, you know, maybe the nightmare hunts, possibly. You know, that could be... Um, because w- once we defeat all the nightmares, you know, they, they could go away. You know, it's that that could resolve that that um, content and everything result. You know, that will come to a resolution. And, you know, because I, I don't know how much we'll be fighting nightmares in season um, nine and everything. So, yeah, um, well, you'd, you'd hope not too much, right? You'd hope that it would resolve itself well. And then when the new content comes out, we can spend our time playing that and not have to go back to old stuff as much yeah, as we are. Because we can't have our cake and eat it too. Luke Smith is basically saying we can't have our cake and eat it too. Yeah. If you want yeah. the story to go forward, then we just got to go forward. Yeah. We've got to push it forward. We've got to do things in the world to, to, to evolve. Yeah, I completely agree. That's what he's saying. He's basically saying we can't have our cake and eat it too. He's he's giving us the bad news, you know, for people who see it as bad news. I don't see it as bad news. I want, you know, I I will play that content, and if that is what they decided and that resolves that content, I'll be happy to, you know, if what I see in the next season sets the story up for something that I want to spend ten bucks on, then sure, I'm in. Yep. I mean, I'm in regardless. So yes, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm already gonna I don't want to spend ten bucks on something and then have them take it away. That's all I'm saying. Like and and I guess for me, I haven't really played too many MMOs. I don't I think you're missing the point though, Cornholio. I think you're I think you're kind of missing the point and everything. Because that's what he's saying. Like there are two things at work here the space limitations and evolving the world. And in order for them to do that, they they had to come to a decision. Basically, they're running out of space on the old consoles. It's 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 happening. You know, that's the new console generation is like, on you know, it's coming. It's gonna be happening next year. Is it possible for Destiny Two New Light to exist in that manner, where the free content is available in one version of Destiny, and then the paid content is available on another? still going to take up space unless they have a dedicated servers or something well, yes but it's know. not one individual program file it's going to take up space on a you know computer or a hard drive and at that point the end user can choose to upgrade their space or you know just like you upgrading your computer right if you're out of space what do you do you go buy a bigger hard drive it doesn't matter though the the game is already like it has elements from both in it like it has the whole game you're literally when you're saying you're buying like you know whatever season pass or ever you're you know you're 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 just paying for that content that's already on like in there you're just downloading it the game world is all there you can't separate yeah. elements from the game world and everything um without going and changing tons of code and things like that the way they've built it like the way this engine operates and everything it doesn't allow them like to do that yeah, they're clearly working with limitations, and I do think um, at some point there will be a Destiny. I know it's a different topic, but at some point there will be a Destiny three or a Destiny overall title that's that's going to be, you know, based on a new engine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
So let's let's move on to the Bungie Weekly update or this week at Bungie, because I know we can talk about the ever evolving world for hours. Um, but I do want to move on and talk a little bit about the Bungie Weekly update that came out this week. Um, DMG did talk about cross save being live. He states the following most uh, for many of us. This is one of the most exciting pieces of the puzzle. Our teams have been hard at work to bring this feature to Destiny 2 and enable you to play with your friends, no matter which platform they call home. We've already started seeing reunions throughout the community on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. If you haven't shared your story yet, let us know on Twitter or on the forums. Who are you most excited to fight the darkness with now that cross save is live? That's that's pretty interesting. So who are you guys excited to play with now that cross save is live? Well, I've got a friend. Um, he's an artist within the Destiny community, a guy called David Reese. Um, his Twitter handle is David Reese Design. He used to design a lot of uh, Destiny pop Funko figures. Or, oh, nice. you know, like a concept um, before Destiny had released any. Um, so he plays on PlayStation 4, and I used to play with him for many years. And then when I moved to PC, it was kind of one of the people who I begrudgingly left behind. So I, I'm particularly looking forward to, to getting back on and playing some, some PvP with him. What about, uh, what about you, Arcane? I'm I'm not uh, gonna be able to do anything with cross save, really. I'll be staying on Xbox probably permanently. Can I can I ask you this? Do you have anyone who maybe moved to PC who might be coming back to Xbox to be playing with you? Probably not. The I mainly play with two people who've been messing with me in chat all night, and uh, neither <laughs> one of them are uh, moving either. So it's going to still be the three of us playing. That is a solid loyal team. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely loyalty and dedication there. Um, I think for me, uh, I'm I'm excited to maybe play with my friend Swirly, who has been talking about getting a PC, and I think now a lot of our friends who are more hesitant to move to PC, they're going to be a lot more open to the idea. Um, I think for me, as much as I would love to go and play the game on consoles it's kind of hard for me because of the frame differences and i know it sounds very like i i don't want to say shallow but it, it sounds very like demanding of frames but ever since i moved to a high frame monitor it's very difficult for me to play uh most activities on console versions yeah. of the game especially on xbox where the frames dip like below 30 frames and that's where it really starts to mess with my eyes so it, it sucks right because I, I never really considered that getting a high frame monitor and getting a really awesome setup would essentially ruin the experience for me on console because there are a lot of games that i want to dive into that are only console exclusives um mm. and also being able to go back and play with friends who didn't move to the PC, but I feel like most of our friends haven't moved to the PC because of the character progression being lost. So 
So I'm really excited to play with some of our old friends from Xbox and PS4. Nice. Uh, what about you, Shadow Price? Um, I may play with my brother. Um, try to get him into playing some Destiny. Nice, man. Um, don't know how often that will be. Um, just uh, based on our different schedules and things like that. You know, I'm going to want to grind Shadow Keep pretty hard on PC, you know, for the first um, week or so, probably. Definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely through like you know the beginning of the the raid i definitely want to complete the raid before i you know take on that you know hopping back onto ps4 or whatever yeah but um i just like having the option to do so and everything so that's yeah. it's always good to have options yeah and and we also know that uh cross save is now live so that's that's a thing um, it's happening now. The director's cut part one, two, and three are live. Um, there was also a number of videos that were shown during the weekly update. There was a inside Xbox finishers video. Have you guys got a chance to see that one? I have. I have. Yeah, I watched it. And what do you guys cool. what do you guys think of it? Pretty cool. I like the finishers. I think they're cool. I, I like the fact that you can. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have mods attached to the finishers, or like you know, if you hit this finisher, you can drop a heavy brute for your fire team or special ammo for your fire team. Yeah, I like you can do a roundhouse kick with your titan, that's pretty cool, or the, the superman punch. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's 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 cool having that those kind of like Mortal Kombat esque like moves finishers in, in Destiny. Definitely. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that video and uh, just adds a bit of spice to the game. You know, it makes things more interesting with finishing moves and the uh, new features they're adding with Shadow Keep. So I really enjoyed it. And then we also got a couple of other things. We have a new Shadow Keep Gamescom trailer that came out. That was kind of cool. Did you guys all check that out? Yeah, I saw it. Yep, and that's pretty cool stuff. Is there any takeaway that you guys have from that uh, in terms of what we'll get this fall with Shadowkeep? I think the interest, uh, the most interesting part was the the season of the Undying trailer. Um, the fact that it was essentially leaked years yeah. ago. Um, for for something that was due for what people thought was due for D one, the next void um, now it's coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And now it's coming they years later. It. it goes to they show had to, you they, they had to put it these things, scrap it, put it away until and bring it back out. And you know when they were independent, I think this is what Luke Smith was hinting at yeah. when he said, "Not everything has been lost in the dark corners of time." You know, so yeah. I think you're um, I think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, it's ah, man, I'm so excited to play Shadowkeep because, you know, the moon is one of my favorite destinations in Destiny. I'm excited to see a a version of even Gaul, right? You see a like a really evil version of Gaul and nightmares coming back. So many awesome things that we see and Eris Morn, her voice is so captivating and so powerful and so awesome. Like 
I don't think I've been excited about this character since uh, Cade 6. I'll be honest. Like, I'm so, so excited to see Chris yeah. Morin come back into the game. Like, that. that's a really big, big highlight for me to be able to play this fall. So that was really cool. And just everything that we saw. And we also got another uh, video that came out for Season of the Undying. And we get Vex on the screen. Uh, returning, and it looks like we're going to be fighting a bunch of X, huh? Yep. Yeah, well, it looks like uh, from from what they've told us that they're going to be invading, you know, all over the 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 director, essentially. Yeah, which I, I think, think is that's pretty awesome. Cool. I think they're going to start popping up before Shadowkeep actually drops. Like, yeah. that's going to be the event that, be awesome. that kicks off Shadowkeep, basically. You know what? I think you're totally right about this. I I agree. They always do this like a week or two before, you know, they bring in some sort of world event. Um, you know, when they brought the during the House of Wolves when the wolves were roaming and, you know, during um Dark Below when the sword the swords of Crota um you know came were, were roaming and everything too. The Taken right came a week before the Taken King, I think, you know, they started showing up. The escape prisoners right for for second too. Yeah, yeah. Um, looks like Satori has another uh, question. Um, this is off topic, but can you ask Arcane about recoil and bloom on console and Bundy's lack of acknowledgement? I'm not the best person to ask because uh, I main uh, hand cannons and recluse, and they really don't bug me too much, except. I think the 150s and 140s are, or not 140 or 150s, but the 140s and below are really rough. Um, yeah. But it's kind of one of those things. Uh, I think if people played it and they got used to it, it'd be a lot different. I, I do agree. It's it's a huge issue though, because like you watch somebody on PC play with like, oh, some like Ace of Spades, and you watch somebody on console play with it. It's two totally different. It's two totally different games. Um, but I, I do think they need to do something with it. Um, just, I mean, that's not personal for me. I'm just looking on like Reddit and Twitter and YouTube and everything that that's the main, like the, the main complaint. Um, it's weird that he didn't acknowledge it in the director's cuts either. I figured that had been something he would have spoke up about. Is it on the roadmap? Aren't they going to talk about sandbox changes? Isn't that part of the roadmap uh, before Shadowkeep, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, there's one uh, the week of September. First or second week of September. I can't remember. I'm not yeah, sure. Paid in the road to launch. We had the director's cut. That was the first item. Then yeah. we had the armor customization preview live stream. We've had that. More Shadowkeep details at Gamescom. They're doing that. Cross save launch. That was today. How seasons, the next thing will be how seasons will change in D2 year three. Yeah. Um, number six is a PvP reveal for Shadowkeep. Um, and then an invitation to the Crucible at PAX was the last one. I think Sandbox will somewhere be talked about in there in one of it's those. A, I think it was September, whatever the week of September 3rd was. So not next week, but or not next reset, but the reset after that. I think it's when the, the big Sandbox update was supposed to come out. Right before Shadowkeep. Yeah. 
So they could be addressing some of that. Possibly. Uh, I hope so. I mean, yeah, it doesn't bug me too much, but I also don't use the lower rate of fire hand cannons either. I'm still, I'm, I'm the guy that everybody hates when around with Lunas and PVP. Yeah. <laughs> Is it still good on console? I, I never really saw a change in it. Oh, okay. But it does fire slightly slower, but not enough to really matter too much. And I'm far from a great yeah. PvP player, don't get me wrong, but which may be why I didn't see any change in it. <laughs> yeah, Service Revolver must be pretty good on console. I love Service Revolver. It's still one of my favorite tank cannons. If I'm not it's using... 180, right? I believe. Yeah. 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 If I'm not using Lunas, that's what's in my kinetic. Right. Cool. So, Guardians, let's talk about the great migration that is now live in Destiny. And that was the next topic that this weekly update touched on. And you can now move your Battle.net account to Steam. It's available as we speak. There's a website, bungie.net forward slash seven forward slash en forward slash PC move, where you can learn much more about that. There is now also a deadline that we have. You have until September 3rd to purchase any items uh, between silver or expansions on Battle.net. After September 3rd, you will no longer be able to purchase any Destiny-related items on Blizzard's platform. You can also pre-order Shadowkeep right now on Steam. So uh, if you haven't already, you can pick up a copy of the game. Uh, there is a Standard Edition and a Digital Deluxe Edition. Which version of the game will you guys be picking up? Digital Deluxe. <laughs> I need that Eris Moon guy show. Yeah, I'll be getting I'll be getting the digital deluxe too. That's that's what I pre-ordered as well. I'm so torn on this because you know I really want the collector's edition, and it went out too. of stock, and I'm <laughs> kicking myself for not getting it. But I was I was hesitating because of the shipping rates from Bungie. Mm-hmm. It's just ah, yeah, you know, bueno. And yeah. I can talk about this for a whole episode, but I won't. Uh, I think I think we've spoken about this before on Twitter about how how bad it really yeah, is. But yeah, it's ridiculous. I really hope they fix it because again, it's not a good way to treat your fans by inflating the shipping rates, charging ridiculous rates on shipping. Let me give you an example. I bought the Destiny comic collection a couple days ago on Amazon. It was ten dollars and some change. If I went and got it on the Bungie store, they would charge me $19.99 for the book, which is fine. I get that. But then they charged me $12 in shipping. What? Yes. Well, how about the $15 mug and the $15 shipping cost? Yep. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that really surprises me because you guys are in the US and shipping to the US should not be costing that much. I'm in the UK, and every time I buy uh, one of the seal pins, it's $20 for the pin, and then $7 for the delivery to the UK. Uh, Obviously, these things take forever to to come. You know, it's like a couple of months until they arrive. Um, But then, you know, it comes and I get it with a customs, customs tax, which obviously is not bungee, but... To hear that you guys are having to pay more in delivery than yeah. I am is it's it's insane. Well, it's like a 
older stuff from over in the UK from uh, Grimfrost. It's like a a, a Norse company. They do like you know, oh the old like replicas of swords and stuff like that. Um, my shipping from them right. is a, it's like two or three bucks once you do the conversion rates and everything. And this oh. is from you know freaking Sweden. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I really hope they address these things because, I mean, as a fan of Destiny, as a fan of Bungie, like, I want to buy new stuff from them all the time, but a lot of times I have to just hold myself back because the shipping rates are just outrageous and beyond what is reasonable to spend on a mug, right? Like, things like that. Like, I yeah. really hope they figure these things out because as a fan... You know, I can talk about this forever because it's something that I care about because it's my favorite game. But please, Bungie, if you're listening, fix this. Please and thank you. So <laughs> let's talk about the next thing that's happening in Destiny. And before we do, by the way, Season of Opulence is ending. Sad face. How how did you guys progress in your Season of Opulence uh, stuff? You mean Solstice of Heroes? Solstice of Heroes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's what um, i meant to say uh, i've done i did all three characters machine i i take my head off to yeah. you yeah that's awesome how how long did it take i think it did hmm. it took me probably about two and a half weeks and i've had the net i mean but i really put in some time because he just i mean the changes that they made after yeah. two weeks obviously made uh, the blue set a lot easier to do with the mini bosses and stuff but uh, yeah i'm sure um sure you can say yeah. how much of a grind it was for I you still as well i have my legendary set on my on my first character <laughs> i did my my hunter and my titan or hunter and my warlock in 3 days and then okay. it took me about nice. 2 weeks just to do my titan cuz i was so burnt out um yeah, oh my god, I've been playing Forza for last week just because I, I can't bring myself to turn Destiny on because I'm so burnt at the moment. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay. the same way. Forza, Forza Horizon 4? Yes. I gotta play that sometime. The game looks really good. Well, now you can because you have Game Pass. For being a military veteran, he got two years of Game Pass. Kudos to Xbox for doing that. That's really awesome. Yeah, right? That's yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. awesome of them to do something like that. That's that's great. And uh yeah, for me, um I'm not very far. Uh I've been slacking because I've been working a lot and I've been so busy. So, okay, so I have three characters that have the green set almost finished. I think I have to play like five more crucible matches on one of them and do like a couple more of the solstice uh, bounties, and then I'll have that. I have accumulated about half of the bounty. Halfway, yeah. I'm all three characters. I'm about the same place. Uh, I kind of did something, and I don't know if that was the right move, but I pretty much dismantled almost everything so I can have enough silver dust to buy all three of the ornaments for the solstice armor and so now like i yeah. feel like i'm obligated to finish it so i'm wondering do i have enough time because we have about four days now you've definitely got yeah. enough time for it i would say for at least one 
I'd love to give this to. Pick pick um, your main. Get get it yeah. finished on your main, and then you can use the clothes on on. Yeah, no, you're right. On that you're one right. That's what I really should do, and I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to grind out a little bit more tonight, and uh, make some progress. So that means I will not be sleeping until really really late. I'll be up. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's the, the chase of destiny. Like I remember even when. Iron Banner was back, and yeah. I was farming the exclusion zone for Glimmer because I didn't have enough Glimmer. I needed Glimmer so I can buy more of the armor. So things like that, you know, it's it's a kind of special times in Destiny, and then you get burnt out, right? And that's kind of how it cycles. I yep. always get to a point where I get yeah. burnt out in Destiny, and uh, I'm definitely feeling the burnout right now. But I do want to finish my grind. I'm determined to get it done, get that bread. And Guardians, you have just a few more days until Tuesday to get it done. But uh, I do also want to talk about something else, and that is what's coming next in Destiny. We have a whole new week coming after Solstice of Heroes is over. Iron Banner returns. And Double Valor, I believe, is coming back into the game. So here's your chance to finish up your Moments of Triumph if you're still working on your Crucible kills. And that will be available starting August 27th until September 3rd. Uh, Moments of Triumph, as a reminder, has been extended until September 17th. And your Valor has been increased. So go get that bread if you have any triumphs you're trying to finish up like uh the new moments of triumph also uh dmg states that with a bit of extra time before shadow keep ships we thought it would be a good idea to get the community in fighting shape to return to the moon not just you but the entire community to focus your attention on the hive than to challenge you in the way of old as we have a quality of life update coming on September 3rd that touches some Mars content. Why not double down and maybe help a few aspiring wayfarers along the way? So starting September 3rd and ending on September 10th, there will be new community objectives. If you defeat 175,000... Yep. Wave seven. Whoa, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. It's the uh, community. It's, it's not, it, that's the entire community. And you forgot no. to read the most important part before. <laughs> what was the most okay. Whether we want it or not, we've stepped into the war with the hive on Mars. <laughs> Wait a second. This isn't what I meant to start with. <laughs> I had to read that part. So, yeah, so, it was my obligation as a, as a Destiny player to read that. Okay, so let's rewind. So you have to defeat 175,000 Wave 7 Escalation Protocol bosses. We, as a community, have to do that. Okay, so we also have to defeat 300 million Hive on Mars. What the... <laughs> okay okay this is getting really yeah. interesting now mars nightfalls okay defeat nakris 150,000 times <laughs> defeat zol 100,000 <laughs> times i mean i do have to play 30 strikes yeah. to get my freaking legendary set but okay 
I think I can do this. Okay, use 300,000 override frequencies. What the fuck are those? <laughs> I, I forgot. I've been the, playing so the, much Solstice. The thanks for the, uh, the, um, oh, the sleeper nodes. The nodes, yeah. isn't the it? sleeper nodes. Yeah, the sleeper nodes. Oh, That's yeah. What you do is that in the... Them. Wait, is that the outbreak mission? No. That's not the outbreak no, mission. No, no. The ones you used to get, uh, the no. sleeper stimulant and, uh, I think you had to do a couple for Player's Lance back when it first came out. Ah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, music box. now that we have these ridiculous requests from Bungie for their community objectives, what are the rewards? What do we get out <laughs> of this? Please enlighten me. Shadow Price, read the next part. Make my day. Go, go ahead. Says, uh, now this wouldn't be interesting without rewards. If all objectives are completed during the event, any player to complete at least one nightfall will be granted a unique emblem, granted to only those who rose to the Mars challenge. This also serves as an opportunity for you to further impress Emperor Callus. If the community reaches all the above goals, Callus will unlock un additional rewards for successful menagerie completions. Starting when the goals are met, players will be guaranteed two rewards when slotting their runes and opening the chest. And an additional reward will be added each Friday for the remainder of the season. Good luck, Guardians. We'll be watching. And it looks like a new emblem. You're going to be able to get this cool-looking new emblem. Looks yeah. like very Warmind design. That is a really cool emblem. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, one nightfall is fair, okay? Because I think they exaggerated, over-dramatized what we had to do because I wasn't expecting one nightfall out of that. I was expecting, like, <laughs> here's an armor set. Uh, you have to do 300 nightfalls and you have to get 10,000 orbs. Some ridiculous <laughs> shit that I just can't wait for this pain to end. Uh, I just want to get my armor set, man. I, you know, I literally, I spent an hour dismantling anything that gives me silver dust because I did not have enough. I did not have the 15,000. So I, I grinded and I dismantled like a madman. And I, I'm determined to get my armor set. And that's my final grind on Solstice. We're going to say goodbye to it on Tuesday. And Jew said he finished his uh, Titan, his main Titan, and started yeah. his Hunter, but he's not going to finish it, though. He's just burnt out. Yeah, man, I, I'm determined, man. I, I have to. Do you guys think I can do it? Let me know. Let me know if you think I can do it in chat. If I pretty much have everything done for the green set, I'm getting ready to unlock the blue set on all three of my characters. Can I get it done by... Tuesday, because I really want to get it done. Do you guys think I can do it? I think you can do it. Just gotta try to double down on what you're doing. Like, uh, you're going for the bosses. Yeah. It's mind over matter. If you don't mind, when you go to the matter. tower, pull every freaking bounty you can from Eververse to Gunsmiths, Shacks. Oh, that's swallow, there's everything. a ton of bounties to to do, yeah. and then I can get the legendary set, and then I can just work on that. So yeah, I think I yeah, can you can do the you can do the mess work for the legendary set after Solstice. Yeah, yeah, it's just getting the legendary set. Oh. 
we're going to wrap <laughs> things up for the evening because we can be here mm-hmm. all night, but we're not going to. But we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. Yes, because me and Shadow Price are crazy about spicy tuna rolls <laughs> and sushi. And that's how we roll. <laughs> Get that? That's how we roll. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to put you guys in the hot seat and ask you, how would you rate this weekly update between one nasty spicy tuna rolls and five bomb spicy tuna rolls? Arcane, what do you think? I'd say just, I'd say a four just for the, you know, we get to revisit all of the cool trailers and stuff we've seen this week. And, you know, and also just hearing you freak out over the 175,000 Wave seven escalation bosses made it worth it. <laughs> Three hundred million hive. <laughs> Three hundred million. Hive. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the four too. Like that's what I was thinking. I, I thought there was enough in here to give it about that good score. You know, all the stuff we got from Gamescom, even though they were like happened earlier in the week and not necessarily in the TWAB, but they were just kind of revisited and everything and the fact that we're going to have this community challenge thing happening um it's pretty cool that we're going to get this cool emblem and callus is going to be a little bit more rewarding when we do the stuff and everything um so yeah four four yeah i think i'm gonna have to agree with that as well um it's hard to remember a time when we had so much news in a single week as we've had you know over the last five or six days um and not just having so much news but having so much positive news um the the, the director's cuts the gamescom stuff uh, the 12 today um yeah it's it's a it's a four for me what's it going to be for current olio Oh man, so I'm like conflicted because Solstice mm, words cannot express how frustrated I am because of how grindy it is right now for me. And maybe it's just me because a lot of people actually were able to get it done and they GG'd and me, I suck right now. So that's that's on me though. I'm not going to penalize the weekly update for my shortcomings. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. And here's why I'm going to give it a 4.5. Because I think that we got three videos that were really awesome and really revealed a lot about what we're getting in the new expansion and also the next season of content, but without giving away too much, right? It was just right. It was the perfect video to build hype to, to get us excited for what's next. And we are only six weeks away, five weeks, something crazy. So we're, yeah. we're getting there, guys. And I, I think that this, this update was pretty good because we got the videos that we got from them. They gave us the director's cut last week. I got to give them some brownie points for that. And also we got migration a month before the game is even out so i think that's a big kudos on bungie and big props for them for making the pc move happen and i know we didn't really talk about it on the show 
it, the process is very seamless and very simple. So it's easy to transfer your stuff from Battle.net to Steam by getting prepared early. It seems like it's going to be a smooth transition. I think that was great. Iron Banner is coming back again. So it's going to be something new for us to play one more time. So if you haven't acquired any of the triumphs relating to Iron Banner, you have the opportunity to get that done. We got the community objectives and holy shit, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's going to be all right. And and we got a cool new emblem that we're going to get. So these are all really awesome things that will make the game better. It was short and sweet. And uh, we got awesome movies of the week contenders as well, which we didn't really talk about in depth. We also got some support updates that come out pretty frequently and you can check that out at bungie.net and yeah guys so that's that's my rating 4.5 it's it's gonna be a really exciting time in the world of destiny we are five weeks away from shadow keep and guardians we have exciting things coming on the destiny show we have a really exciting lineup of guests coming at you all in the next month or two i would say we have some really exciting things that are going to ramp up in october um we have carolina gamer is going to be on the podcast if you don't know carolina gamer uh he is the world's first uh team member for the crown of sorrow raid um and he is one of the best pve players in the destiny community he's going to be on the podcast we have another secret exciting guest that I can't really share with you right now, but I we will be sharing with you soon. And also, we have one actual on the podcast next week. He is a crucible god, and he is going to hang out with us live. Um, and we're going to continue to bring you big guests in the Destiny community, awesome people in the Destiny community. Big and small, right? We're we're gonna give <laughs> every content creator a platform to voice their opinions about Destiny and to share their stories with our community, just like Arcane and uh, Nico. So thank you guys for being with us. It's such an honor to have had you on the show tonight, and uh, thank you for supporting us. Really, um, thank you for following us on Twitter and follows on twitch and thank you for your awesome reviews on apple i'm completely blown away by your support so thank you guys so much we really appreciate you guys and before we wrap things up for the evening um let's uh, share where we can learn about our guests on the show uh nico do you want to start off uh where can we learn more about you Sure. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Nico Di Maria. It's ni- spelled Nico D I and then Maria underscore. Um, and I, like we said at the top of the show, I write for Next Gen Base, who are at Next Gen Base on Twitter as well. Very cool. Yes, definitely go ahead and check out Next Gen Base. And we're going to include the link to their awesome content and their uh, website in the show notes at destinyshow.com where we have all of our show notes live on the website 24-7. And Arcane, my good friend, man, thank you so much for being with us, man. It's such a pleasure to have had you on. 
And uh, where can we learn more about you and what you do on Mixer? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, Twitter handle is at ArcaneOlfer. So same as my Mixer too. And also there it's a Mixer slot slash uh, ArcaneOlfer. And uh, I'm going to try to start streaming daily. Uh, hopefully, you know, parenting and work works out that way. Definitely. And we're going to make sure to include the links to your channels in the show notes so our audience can find you and support you and follow you and check you out. And uh, he's a really awesome content creator, really passionate about Destiny. So go ahead and check him out in his new home on Mixer. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And also on the Destiny Show podcast on twitch.tv forward slash Destiny Show. Awesome, dude. And yeah, we, we actually should try to uh, stream a little bit more on the channel beyond what we have done thus far. So we're going to try to do that a little bit more as we have more time. Uh, but thank you, Guardians, for tuning in. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast in many, many places. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, St uh, Spotify, and the list goes on. We're also on the web at www.destinyshow.com where you can find all the latest show notes for every episode that we do. You can also find us on Z Twitter at The Destiny Show. And you can also find us on Twitch live every single week at twitch.tv forward slash The Destiny Show. And Guardians, you can find me personally at OMG Cornholio on Twitter. And uh, you can find me, of course, on the Destiny Show podcast. We hope that you tune in next week as we welcome one actual. We're going to be talking all things Crucible next week. So we hope you join us live at 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, Thursday, next Thursday. And uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on Destiny Show podcast. And we cannot wait to see you all next week. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? 
Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.